reproduction of this recording in whole or in any part in any form whatsoever is an infringement on the copyright therein and subject to remedies provided by law printed in Canada. Oh, okay. That's why it's a Canada thing. <laughs> they would be, they would do that. I don't have anything interesting or funny for, I thought I had something I was going to talk to you about for a cold mm-hmm. open and I completely forgot. I feel like I've got nothing funny for a cold <laughs> open. <laughs> yeah. But we should happened, think of something. It happened a couple times organically. And we're like, yeah. that's really good. We should we keep just keep it that. in. Yeah. But then it was like, well, how does that happen? Or it's not—it's just not happening well, I organically. What, <laughs> I think what happened—I mean, part of it—and maybe this isn't true. Part of it is that I would just hit record, and you wouldn't always know. Like we would just be having conversation. Well, that's very true. And then, and then I'd be like, oh, this is going to be great. I was for, like, when are we going to start? I was like, oh, we started 15 minutes ago. Yeah. And now oh. it's just—but now, now you've caught on to it, and now it's like every time I hit the button, it's like, all right, we both know. Like you—it's like with the boys. They'll be doing whatever they are doing, like being cute or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you put a camera in front of them and they stop. Like they know all of a sudden there's something they get distracted. They get distracted yeah. by it. They're like, we're not doing this, Dad. Come on. We're not monkeys. We don't oh, just yeah. perform. When we're you hilarious wanna, when, when, when we want to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. When these mics are off, we are the funniest oh. people you've probably ever met. It's We'd, incredible, really. <laughs> when we turn them on and it's like it gets kind of awkward sometimes and, and we apologize for that. Oh yeah, I was thinking about it with when when we finally switch over to Coldplay in a few episodes. There, those guys Man, are in for a quick. They're cu- they're going to be in for a treat too, by the way, <laughs> because like we've spent this whole podcast perfecting our our craft, our, our craft <laughs> finding our groove, finding like what our thing is. Yeah. But when we get to the next bands, we're going in full swinging. Like we've got no yeah. learning curve. We're, we no. are full. There, there's no Gordon go. episode coming into things. <laughs> and I feel uh, like yeah. part. I think two things have happened. One. We've gotten more comfortable doing. We've gotten more comfortable doing it. Full stop. Yeah. So like we are, we sound more natural. But I also think for me, I have. I, you know, we talked about trying to do bits and stuff like that, and like trying to work that in. We've. I care less about that stuff now, and I think it just is better for it because now it's more. So like we've done it more, so we're better at it, and I care a little bit less, so we're yeah. better at it. So I think like <laughs> those two things combined really make it a better experience. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of fun with the bits at the beginning, but oh, some and, of them definitely listen, feel a little forced. That's what I'm saying. It's not like we're anti-bit. We're all yeah. about the bit. The, uh, this house, we're all about the bit. However, oh, sometimes yeah. the bit doesn't work, and you have to be able to drop it. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I did want to say... Actually, no, let's just start. Hello and welcome <laughs> to Bare Naked Ladies Are Us. Your favorite, your favorite four-star reviewed uh, Bare Naked Ladies uh, chronological album by album, song by song review podcast. I could have kept going. I could have gone <laughs> second by second. Um, lyric by lyric. Lyric by lyric. My name's JD. I'm Nick. Perfect. Nailed it. Um, I w- we're talking about Stephen Page in a second. Just wait. So my favorite thing that happened this week when we were talking about because you know obviously listen we're good friends we go we sometimes talk we sometimes the yeah podcast. very rarely we try to we try to like not about anything we, we save, try to we save it off we save you. everything yeah you should see how much we cut like we do like two hours of catch up and then we talk music um you texted me and you're like how how much do you listen to the albums before oh getting ready <laughs> and i said i said normally like i don't know two to three maybe four <laughs> times and you said I'm like whoa that's like <laughs> less than i've ever listened to any album <laughs> i'm i don't know i've like maybe 10 times <laughs> minimum and, and i think there's a couple of things to like one you do cut the little segments so yeah. you you intentionally listen to them to find those segments yeah but also i think like for me, up until literally, actually, up until this album, 
every BNL album with maybe with the exception of maybe fake nudes a little bit, um, I know so well that for me, it's almost like I'm just doing it for a refresher mm-hmm. to, um, cause I have listened to these albums dozens of times where I'm trying to like, Oh yeah. Oh, I do like that one or I don't. So I'll give it maybe two really intentional listens while I'm preparing, um, but that's about it. Maybe, maybe three and you're, you're, you're hitting double digits every time. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting now. Cause like I would, I would say I have the same thing where I'm mm-hmm. very familiar with all the mm-hmm. albums, mm-hmm. obviously, but I would still try and listen a bunch of times just to like really get into that. Sure. I feel like it's turned into now, especially now that we're recording every two weeks. Right, right. That this is almost the only stuff I listen to now. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it was yesterday was um, Bandcamp Friday. Yeah, and I was you know I was putting my music up, but I was also buying some stuff that I'd wanted because I like to with music that I'm not like you know I've got my oh, core dang, of was like like an actual Bandcamp Friday. Yeah, so it's so basically they started it back when looked. the <laughs> pandemic started, but it's basically. They forego all Bandcamp fees for a day, and they do it monthly oh. now. So it's basically like, you know, like someone bought my my music for like ten bucks yesterday. I got yeah. like besides the transaction fee, I think I like got like nine sixty eight out of it. Where normally they take a certain percentage for being the provider. So once a month, one day a month, they do that, so the the artists get more money. So I without my have to do that, the next one I next think is month. April fifth or seventh, something like that. So and it's I, on the site you can I, find. I it. owe Radical Face some money. <laughs> <laughs> He's done the thing where he puts all of his singles for free. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he releases them like almost every month mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always like, all right, one of these times I'm going to pay for I will it. pay yeah. like $10 for a single. Yeah. But I, I don't want all these like $1 transactions. Right. So yeah. I've just been doing the free That's a good for a way while. to do it, actually. Yeah. Uh, and now you're like, so my, my time's come due. <laughs> that, that'll be a good way to do that and have him actually get yeah. most of the money. And and I and, and that's exactly like I like I said, there's maybe a core group of bands that no matter what, I'm gonna pre order the best, right. most deluxe thing. But there's a lot of music that I have wanted for a while. Like, you know, Andy Schaff, that one I, I did it for something fantastic a while ago, Neon Skyline. Yeah. I everyone is telling me that his album everyone I talked to online about it said that his previous album's even better. And I'm like, I don't know how that's possible because this album's almost perfect to me. <laughs> but I've been wanting to get it for a while, but I'm like, well, I'll just wait until I can get more. So I got a couple albums yesterday, that being one of them. But I'm I'm having the same thing. I'm like, when am I going to listen to this? Like, yeah. I got all we listen to is this stuff now, and I love it. But it's like, it's hard to listen to new music because we kind of, you know, it's a, it's become a bit of work in a good way because it's a yeah. fun work. But there's so much time spent no, listening to this No, it's interesting because we spend so much time and I'll listen to them, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I'll listen to an album like twenty times in preparation, Jeez. but and especially that one where, though? like, a lot of times it'll be work. like I'll work, I'll, I'll have, like, I'll have it open at work. Sure, okay. I'll have my spreadsheet open. Okay, and I'll listen to it, and if like I hear something that like I'm like, oh, I, I should I make, make a note, a note of that. this. Yeah, then yeah, I'll yeah. make a note of okay, it. Okay, got it, got it. So it's not always like oh, I'm not paying attention at all. You're just sitting there staring at yeah. the stereo. A lot of times it's in the background, but especially that like, what was it? Pre lockdown where we were. It might have been me and men then. Album. It might have been me and men. Yeah, because we had started our um, our combo list. Do you remember? Yes. Yeah, so it must yep. have been me that's, and men. That's what yeah. it was. Okay. Um, but after that, I was like, man, I'm ready. I, I feel ready to listen to other music. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, then you're like so into these songs. Yes. You're like, yes. oftentimes I'll leave your place and drive home and put on the same exactly. album. Because yep. I'm like, yep. oh, yeah, I'm still in it. <laughs> yeah, I had that, I've had that this whole past week, actually. I've... Um, when the boys are like the, the little two hour window before they go to bed, I'll just put a new mm-hmm. record on to have in the background. And I feel like I've been rediscovering like my favorite bands. Like I'm talking like yeah. 
Mountain Goats, National, Dawes. Like, I'm putting on albums that I know, like, the back of my hand, but I'm putting them on and going, like, this is amazing. I haven't, like, why have I not li- yeah. been listening to this? And it's because it's been, you know, and I think you go through that, like, with phases with a band. Where, like, even my favorite, you know, the National's one of my favorite, probably top five bands up until earlier this week. I probably hadn't listened to them in two or three weeks. Yeah. You know, like, you go through phases where you don't listen to them. Um, I'd be interested to see, you know, it seems like by the time we're finished with BNL, based off of some stuff happening, it seems like there might be some new BNL that will be coming out. So we might not actually be finished. Um, But I'm curious to see once like their new albums out and we've kind of digested that if we go a long time personally without listening to BNL because we put so much work into this, you know, Um, but I don't, I don't think I will because like I've got that we've got, we both got the maroon vinyl coming maybe this year. We both got, you know, like maybe May now. Oh my gosh! I, I get it. it, yeah, it apparently, apparently, it's a whole thing. Like a it's lot a, of yeah. It's a worldwide thing. It's with, just yeah. frustrating when this album in particular. I mean, if you look at the entire BNL discography mm-hmm. from from uh, studios from Gordon through through now, this one was probably the one that I knew the least going into it. Like I had yeah, I had listened to agree. page one a bunch. I'd actually listened to part two a bunch. Um, but I remember, so this is kind of transitioning towards talking about the album now. When page one came out, it was six years after. Um, I'm sorry, when Heal Thyself Part 1 came out, it was six years after page one. Yep, 2016. 2016. And I weirdly remember, I didn't find out about it until, like, months after it came out. And I was, like, I think I was literally going, what's up with Stephen Page? Like, I haven't seen anything from yeah. him. So I went to that, his site, and it was, like. Child and Different Sort of Solitude EP came out yeah, a while years before. before. Exactly. And I remember, at, weirdly I, at the time, listening to Manchild and being, like, eh, this is okay. Like, when that came out. Um and then I was I was looking on a site and I'm like, oh, he has an album out? Like, what the heck? And I just didn't get into it. Like, I didn't li- listen to it much at the time. And then I knew part two was coming out. So I got that, you know, that. So this one in particular, I did listen to like crazy, probably 10, 15 times, like, like you know, Nick yeah. style. Um, and I think I'm better for it. So, so yeah, we're talking um, Heal Thyself part one out of a two-part series. Instinct. Instinct, Yes. So, um, like you said, it came out 2016. Unsurprisingly, he worked with his good buddy Craig on it again. Uh, and he also had uh, some other people from The Odds, Mr. Kevin Fox, who I know sometimes tours with them. His son, excuse me, his son Isaac worked on it a bunch with him with the, with the um, strings. But before we dive deep into this particular album, sorry, I'm, I'm burping like crazy. I don't know why this has been happening. Um, before we dive deep into this, uh, like you mentioned, there w- there's like six years have passed between page one and mm-hmm. this and a lot's happened in those six years, even if it hasn't been studio albums. So, um, in 20, was it 2012 when Manchild and a different sort of solitude came out? I'm on it. I'm on it. Give me a second. <laughs> so, oh. so the two big things is he did those two singles <laughs> I'm fast enough. and then he also did, um, a TV show. 2012. Okay. 2012. Okay, so 2012, a couple songs came out, and then the next year, he did a TV show called The Illegal Eater, which was a travel <laughs> eating show, which is hilarious. I just, I loved our text conversation about that. So, we were texting the other day about it, because I have, I have a history with that show, um, which I'll obviously explain in a second, but I text Nick, and I say, um, let me find it quick. Let's make sure we talk about The Illegal Eater. This is just a reminder to do that, and he, your text back is the what <laughs> and then like and then three minutes later dude i had no idea after, that was a thing <laughs> after some googling <laughs> so um so yeah there, he did a show well let's yeah he did a show called the illegal eater it was a canadian travel um food show where yeah. the premise was going around to sort of pop-ups qu- yeah things. and sometimes even like illegal eateries or things that were illegal back in the oh my gosh yeah. 
I just broke the podcast arm. Um, and uh, <laughs> so, know, yeah, something that's bending the rules a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, they're going to smirk a little bit. Sometimes too. a little bit illegal. Sometimes just like skirting the line. Yeah, yeah. But like house restaurants too. Yeah. Like like these Un- fancy. Uncommon, chefs. I think, is yeah. The, the, the main thing that they were getting at. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I thought I watched a few episodes of it when it came. I never watched the whole series, but it was. I thought it was interesting. Um, I I do feel like a lot of those travel food shows start to blend together a little bit. Like you know, like yeah. they each have a little quirk, but at the same time, they're all people watching people make food and then eating them and reacting to it. Like you know, right. So and, uh, yeah, I watched a couple episodes right after we <laughs> we talked about yeah. it because they're all on Amazon Prime, and I was like, oh well, I guess Are I guess really? I'll check it out. Yeah. Oh sweet. Um, and yeah, I, <laughs> I started watching. I was like, well, this is definitely a food show. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so my, so my, my history with it was, I knew that that show existed. I knew that he was working on it from like Twitter or whatever. Yeah. And in 2013, which I, I hate to say is eight years ago now. Um, I know. I, know. I, I uh, I went to a, I went to film school. I have a degree in film and we took what we called our industry trip into out to LA. So it was like a week long trip, a little longer where we, you know, we met with a lot of. Uh, industry people, uh, people on set, went to shows, you know, tours and stuff like that. But like we landed in LA and we got on a bus to go to our, or like a van, sorry, like a travel van to go to our hotel to like pack in. And I'm looking out the window. I swear to God, I'm looking out the window. And then uh, on the side of a street, I see a camera guy and uh, like two people, you know, camera and a mic. And then I look as the car keeps moving and I see a guy in a suit and a bow tie walking towards the camera and talking. And I go, that's Stephen Page. <laughs> and I'm like, what the, f-? like, we're in, the, we're barely even in LA. And I'm like, that's the guy from Bare Naked Ladies. Like, and you know, I'm a big fan at this point. It's not like yeah. there's three, four years into my fandom. And I'm like, what the heck? And so, um, pull the bus yeah, over. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so I, so there's somewhere on like Facebook, there's a photo that one of my friends took of me, like calling my bro maybe you were my i was calling somebody i don't know if i ever told you if it was you but i remember this story like you told me this before yeah i it's so long there's a yeah i'm the one you called but i just assumed it was like a music video or something i never thought oh it was for a show right oh is this a tv show so (laughs) i found someone took a photo i'll see if i can find it but there's a photo of me on facebook somewhere of me like calling someone saying and the photo, the caption is like JD calling home about seeing someone famous. So I remember later <laughs> that night, I tweeted at him and I said something like, "Did I just see you on the side of the road um, shooting something?" And he goes, "Was it? Did you? Did it look like a middle-aged man in a bow tie? If so, yeah, that was me." And I was like, "No way!" <laughs> and so I just remember, like, I I was so excited because I was in LA for genuinely thirty minutes. And I already saw somebody, not just like someone famous, like a celebrity, someone, someone that like meant the world to yeah. me. And then um, later that same exact trip, I saw, um, I'll see if I can find the photo. Merchant? Later that trip, I met Steven Merchant, who was one of the guys who created the office. Oh yeah, here's the photo. This is me on the phone calling someone <laughs> because I saw Stephen Page. No, um, that is a shit-eating grin. I don't know what is. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> yeah, so then I saw Stephen Page, or sorry, Stephen Merchant, Cork of The Office, and like, you know, not to go down that whole rabbit hole, but The Office is like literally one of the reasons, the British version is one yeah. of the reasons I went into film and TV in the first place. And I'm like, why am I literally seeing like the most important people to me? It's not like I, we saw Brad Pitt or we saw like, you know, I don't know Jason yeah. Sudeikis or like some random celebrity. I'm like, these are the people 
who have made me who I am and brought me here in a weird way. So I, I did get to talk to Stephen Merchant and shake it's his like hand. He went and there stuff. for 30 minutes and just went, check. Yep, check. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I need to see Chris Martin next. I got to see Brandon Flowers. And then, uh, all right, we'll call it a day. Then that's the um, But yeah, it was, it was cool. So I, met, I saw Steve Page and then I met Stephen Merchant and he was really sweet. And I just said, like, I'm here with my film school. You're the reason that I went to <laughs> film school and I'm here and I'm just, you know, grateful. He's like, and he was really, really cool. So. Um, so that was, that's my very short history with the illegal eaters. I saw them filming it <laughs> and then watched the show. And, I never, and now that I'm thinking about it, I never even watched the LA episode where that happened. So I should probably go back and, and watch it. I don't um, know. It's a, if you like food shows, you'll like yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. There's, you'll hear Steven's music in the background. And, and, and that's what, and that, that's the thing, yeah. right? We've talked about this with music before where it's like sometimes you like certain styles of music because your people that your bands right. are doing it. It's kind of the same here where right. it's like, I, and I will it say. It does give some interesting like. Because a lot of it's instrumental versions of his songs oh, in the sure. background. Yeah. So you'll hear sometimes, like, it's not like he doesn't sing, but most of them are intru- instrumental right. versions. Right. That's kind of fun Which to is interesting. To. Yeah. It's usually a little bit of a different take on it. Yeah. I, I, I like hearing those. I, I always wish you had access to that to hear, like, just yeah. the, you know. Um, I liked in the, in the two episodes I watched. You heard Mama like went, crazy. I heard Mama like three times. <laughs> Everything else like maybe once, but <laughs> Mama was everywhere. Yeah, Mama was everywhere. So, so he did that show for a while. I think it was maybe maybe a season or two, um, and then one, just think. the one season. Okay, well, that's kind of a bummer. It was kind of a cool show, um, but again, it's like okay, well, what's really, what's really new? Like again, it's it's a cool travel food show, but at the same time, there's a lot of those already. Yeah. Um. So yeah, then he did uh, you know, uh, a different sort of solitude and manchild. And then we come out with uh, Heal Myself Part 1. So um, I believe, you know, basically, I think it was one of those things where he went into this, the, the studio, if you will, and um, they just knocked it out. They knocked out a bunch of these songs. And I think one of the things I read somewhere was something like he said, um, we just recorded a bunch. Oh, here it is. Yeah. They recorded at Craig Northey's Vancouver studio and his own Toronto area facility. Page said the majority of the work for the songs on this album were basically laid down in three days. He said, I just listened to what we had done and said, that's basically the record. The original recordings were very sparse. sparse. I never know how to say that word. And so we just added a few overdubs with my backing band, the original six, and that was it. So, you know, it seemed like it was one of those boom, you know, you you get in and get out. I mean, to do all that in three days is crazy. And I say that. Which is interesting when it took six years to get to this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you wonder how much time was spent, you know, writing the songs and working on them to get right. to that point. But that's a real. That, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not like the whole thing is three days, but it's interesting that like when you hear him like, yeah, it just kind of happened. And it was right. like, in, <laughs> bang, bang, boom, <laughs> it done. It happened in three days and six years. And like, it's like, like well, we're, yeah, we're, we're, where was what it? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I ever, um, I don't, oh, this is the interview that I was looking for. I don't think I, um, have it up right now, but, uh, there, he did an interview about um, some of like the more political songs on his second album. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I, because I was looking for some stuff on um, uh, no song left to save me. I was looking for more info on it and I found him talking about it, but it was in an interview for he Self part two. And okay. there was a really interesting point. So I don't, do you know the song white noise on that album on part two? It's yeah, like really know. political and like really straightforward and stuff. So Intently. he, he's Too talking about it and I'll, I'll see if I can get it up. But they, the interviewer is kind of like pushing him to to talk more about the, like with the, talk about like BNL. He goes, okay. He goes, could your new single White Noise have been on a BNL album? And he goes, it's hard to say. Any song you write in the democracy of a band, you never know how they'd respond to it. Politically, everybody in that band would be on side with me for this song. I actually got a really nice note from Ty giving me a thumbs up. And the guy goes, sure, but it's 
um, a little off brand for BNL, right? And he goes, I get where you're going. I wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have been a single. I'll tell you that. And then he goes, and my sense with the band now as a quartet, they wouldn't do something like White Noise. And it just felt like a little bit of a sick burn because, like, and, and I'm probably reading too have much you into it. To Invisible Fence. <laughs> Yeah, I have to listen more to White Noise to have context. That song's pretty political. (laughs) I think I think the opening line of White Noise is um, um, shit's about to get nice. Shit's about to get real fucking nice. White Noise. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think it's it's a little bit more. So, but then you, I I was comparing that to like bringing it home, and I was like, yeah, (laughs) I see what he means. Um, but I also like the idea that Ty's like, hey, Steve, great song. Thumbs, Thumbs up. up. <laughs> um, so or, I, I kind of like that. Or but. it's just a text shade where Steve says white noise, like the file. <laughs> and then Ty just replies with a thumbs up emoji. <laughs> and it's a group chat. It's all five of them. Like you revived a long group chat. And it's just Ty. And then at one point he sees like Ed is typing. And then it just stops. Ed <laughs> just likes the thumbs up that Ty said. <laughs> and then Kev does the ha ha. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so so part one. So before we talk about part one, do we want to cover different sort of solitude and um, manchild from 2012 first, and then go into like how do you want to Let's do that? Just do um, different sort of solitude. Sort of solitude. Yeah. yeah. So it came out in 2012. It was for some Canadian movie, a soundtrack, um, which the movie. When I was looking at the the info on it, it seemed like a really kind of lower budget. Uh, more indie type yeah exactly but like one thing that I read was like the, the song came out and on that same fucking hell learn how to press a button and when to press it <laughs> I was trying to get it queued up and ready to go I'm um, sorry I, I read that it came out and then the day it came out it was nominated for like a music award and I'm like that seems a little like, bit whoa. that's a little bit weird <laughs> like really like someone that day was like we gotta get the nomination to him now and I don't think it won but it was just like it just feels too weird to have a Grammy. It wasn't the Grammy. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't even the Junos. It was like a smaller award. But I'm like, it just feels weird to be nominated the day your song comes out. Like, it seems a little bit pre-planned. But, but anyway, so let's let's play a clip of different sort of solitude. Now, oh my fucking. I like yeah. it. Oh, I mean, it, you know, it's. It I, felt like a continuation of page one yes, in a little bit, for and, sure. Like, style. and a little bit of a, br- a bridge to. I, I can I can yeah. hear parts of elements of that in the next one too. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I don't. I, I like it. Um, I've always had a problem. Uh, I know that you were just talking about your a band that you like Radical Face does this. I get kind of. I don't like when bands just drop singles. It's a st- it's just a stupid thing that I. It's a personal thing that I don't like for whatever reason. It's not, I, I'm wrong. I get that, but it's like it feels like I like when songs are part of a package, like they're part of an album, mm-hmm. and when they're just one offs, it almost feels like they're just some. Sometimes it de- it depends on the band. Yeah. Whether it feels like they're yeah. just firing something out to get it out, like because they wanted to release it for something, but it's like they don't care enough to put it on an album. Like that's sometimes the vibe that I get. Maybe it's just the bands that I've seen do that. Yeah, it depends um, on the band for sure. Radical yeah, absolutely. Face is cool because it's doing like this. He started. It's called the Hidden Hollows, mm-hmm. and it's like this monthly mailer, and m- most of the months it's like an email newsletter sure, type sure. thing that he just has like a ton of wrecks and. But like he was trying to like. At least I, if I remember remembering right, mm-hmm. for the beginning, 
he was trying to like continually record. Sure. And so a lot of the mailers would come with a new single. That's it. That is. And really then cool. after a bunch of months, he released like Hidden Hollows Part One. As, oh, okay, as a collection. A collection yeah, of all the that singles. is cool. And but but I think like if it were me, I would eventually just wait for the collection and listen right. to it like that because. I just feel like they get lost in my head if they're just single one-off songs. And again, I'm, I know that I'm in the wrong there. So I feel like this is how I treated that when it came out. I kind of thought like, okay, this will be on an album soon. And so I didn't pay much attention to it. And then there I was no that's album. that's the key. I thought it was going to be the lead into the yeah, album yeah. soon. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So then there's a four-year gap between those songs. I know we didn't yeah. talk much about it. I liked it. I really liked the chorus. Um, but uh, yeah, the, like the lyrics are hard. backing in the intro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I don't know. It's a yeah. good song. The lyrics is one of those things where, again, even reading the lyrics, it, it was hard for me to decipher fully what the song is about. And sometimes yeah. I wonder, like, if that's, it's not just neither good nor bad. Food, but it, sometimes it feels like it's just songs like that. Again, like I said, if I'm going in with the mentality of they just kind of threw it together, I start yeah. to go, maybe there's not much meaning to it. But that's just me prescribing. Yeah, my own. No, my I, own. I, and I baggage. kind of agree. This song gets lost a little bit because mm-hmm. it depends on the single. But like Manchild. Yeah, which was also on the EP. Yeah, was included on the album. Yeah, and so that doesn't get lost as much because exactly. it's in the next package. And there but are changes one, between the two versions. It they, feels they, like they... a B side because it's exactly was never introduced into another album. Exactly. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, and then they did the illegal eater theme, which was just the theme yeah. song. It was it was fun, kitschy. But um, so you want to get into part one then? So yeah. let's talk so about this it is, first. This is a two part album. I'll read the a little paragraph here on the back of the the album insert. Please. It says, this album is the first of two parts. I urge you to enjoy this first installment now while you can, because from what I've been reading online, by the time the second part comes out, not only will the music industry cease to exist, but so will music itself. (laughs) And at the rate I've been cranking out music, six years, (laughs) you must hurry. We're under constant threat. We, what use is music when we have zombies, terrorists, refugees, billionaires, religions, energy sources, and surveillance to keep us entertained? So, <laughs> I love that. I like the, yeah, I like how it came out with the intent of, hey, this is a part one and part two, two part album, and I, and I like that part two came out within two years because it's yeah. twenty. So like that's it's a nice turnaround time there. It's not like see yeah. you another six years for part two. <laughs> the um, self-effacing joke. And yeah, how long it's been. <laughs> I don't know if I understand the like the reference to from what I've been reading the music industry will cease to exist. Yeah, I mean I, I think it's was was my streaming reference or that would be my guess. My my assumption is that there's been a I mean it's been a 20 year conversation of things moving digital but also of like yeah. record labels and how hold on. <coughs> yeah, hold that whole process is changing on, Exactly. You know, and how it's harder because it is harder to that type it, of stuff. It's harder to get I mean, I, not to be stupid, it's harder to get famous with music, I think, nowadays, because I think it's really easy to, you know, my friend Ben Coberly, uh, who was in Harbor, Harbor Coat with us, shout out one time to Ben, um, and who I've done a lot of, he's kind of like, I always say he's like my musical partner, like we've written so much together. Mm-hmm. Um, we have this conversation a lot about like, what does success mean in music? And like, you know, when I'm talking about re- releasing music, like what I want out of it is I want to be I want to be, I want like my job title to be musician. I want to be releasing albums, playing shows. And yeah. that's what I like. That's the, that's the main gig. And that's a lofty goal. And also I don't put the work in to get to that point. Like I'm, right. I'm very aware of that. Um, but that's where I start to have all these mental issues of like, well, you know, I want to write a new song. Well, what's the point if you're not going to all that kind of stuff. But you know, Ben does a lot of um, like electronic music too. Yeah. And he's got a small scene that he's a part of where he's pretty well known within that scene. 
And that's enough for him. He's like, that's where I'm famous. And I'm like, that's great. Yeah. I that's really awesome. respect that. But I think like if you're, if your goal is to be, a, if your if your goal is for your day job to be a musician, it's a lot harder to do that um, in certain ways than it used to be. You know, like the plus side yeah. is it's easier to get seen, right? right? Like it's really easy to be discovered through Reddit or through SoundCloud or through Bandcamp, but it's a lot harder to be able to make good money off of that and to survive off of. Right. Um, so my, my assumption is that's part of that whole thing. I don't know if there was a particular thing happening at the time. Maybe there always seems to be, but. But I don't know. Yeah, so I think of Steve's interview on that Reply All episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. By the way, have you been? Get, do you know where Reply All's at right now? I, have you seen I, what's going I have on? Seen a couple of posts and have been like, "This sounds crazy," but have yeah. not dedicated any more we could, time to. Yeah, we could. We should. We can talk about it later. It's yeah. it is blown up completely. But um, but yes, I, I, I think about that a lot too. Where it's all industry stuff. It's all label stuff. And that guy had that great song, and then yeah. it was just dropped. And right. was treated like royalty, right? And then dropped. So yeah, because that at that time the record label industry was just like signing everybody they can yeah. and trying yeah. to push them to get the single. And if they mm-hmm. blew up, great. And if not, like whatever. What well, I remember whatever, with we just released um, them. But. Joel Ferguson, the guy who I recorded my EP with, he yeah. was he's part of the band um, the Verve Pipe. Fleet. The Verve Pipe. Oh, the yeah, Verve Pipe. You didn't, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. I don't know why I was. Yeah. So Joel is the um, is the bassist of the Verve Pipe. And he was in a different band back in the 90s. And the story that he always tells is that I think it was RCA was the label had signed them and Sync, and had both released their first album and they both had done really well. But then there was some financial trouble and they basically it was basic, I think, or maybe it was something the, the short version is that they got dropped for Sync. And I don't remember if it was one or the other, if it was if they wanted to sign this one, they had to drop something like that. But they got they got dropped for NSYNC. And of course, NSYNC came on to be huge, but their first album had sold really well. But like, it was one of those things where they were being treated like royalty. They were touring across yep. the nation. And then and they were just, just kind of like, flip exactly. up a hat, yep. drop up a dime. Yep. It's over. Exactly. And then, and then there's, he's like, he's like, I've still got freaking legal problems from it because like they, something about selling the rights and like they, he doesn't own the rights to his own music at this point. And Ugh. like, he's got some weird record, contract where like he still joel still owes the label another album and so if he wants to record another album he has it's like a it's a whole wacky thing yeah it's which that whole ben folds thing where it's like you, yes you owe them so if you ever want to make money on something else you have to do this you have yeah. to crank out yeah so that's why yeah yeah I that, think, ben was amazing with that because he just like mm-hmm. you know that story with the mm-hmm. whole yeah, we were there at the same show where you talked about it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> he played two of the songs, and he wouldn't say what the yeah. third one was because it was like a, a big hit for him or something, yeah. or something that people really liked. But I don't remember the name of the song, but it's basically like one of the songs is basically like one down, six more to go. <laughs> <laughs> he just cranked him out in a week just to just to be able to get it out there and, and do it. Yeah, and they still did well. Like yeah. that's the point. So so anyway, so um, heal thyself part one, bird's eye view. What are your thoughts? I like it. This is the, yeah, I agree. This is the one I'd known the least. Mm-hmm. I was very aware of page one and then, I don't know, halfway into doing all the BNL albums, I bought all of the rest of Steve's sure. solo stuff sure. so I could eventually prepare. And I don't know why I never got into it because it's great. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, I like it way more than I guess I thought I would, mm-hmm. having not ever taken the time to buy it, like when it came out. Right. I don't know. Well, that's the weird thing is that, like I said, for us, it kind of just sat there a little bit because we hadn't paid attention to it too much. Right. um, For whatever reason. So then now that we are, it's almost like you're, you're digging something up and listening to it from, from the beginning. 
But yeah, I don't know. It's good. I like. I th- I think it's a pretty cool like dual album setup and mm-hmm. how the intent was there and mm-hmm. like the themes cross over in between. Yeah, yeah. I think that idea is very cool and you it's like it. pretty solid. Yeah, throughout. Good, good. What about you? <laughs> I love it. I texted the, and I still stand by this. I genuinely think it's better than it's crazy. every BNL album besides Maroon and maybe Stunt. I I like every time I listen to it, I'm floored by how much I love it, and then I start like like I don't really I can I talked to Jeanette we, about we, it. We've talked about this a little bit, but yes, this album in particular, yes. Okay, I, well, yeah. Or so I I think all three. I, I I think with all three, Steve is at a creative peak in his career and is I think he's found his stride, mm-hmm. and I think he is nailing it. I think all three post albums are amazing. Um, I haven't listened to part two intentionally for a while. Yep. So I know a lot, like I know that there's one or two songs on there that for me are, there's one song on there that prior to this, I would have said is the best thing he's done ever. Like yep. his best song. And that's still, I still might think that's true, but we'll see once, once we get there. Um, this one in particular, I, I struggled so hard to pick a least favorite song. I struggled <laughs> so hard to pick a favorite song. Um, I, and I, I, you know, I talked to Jeanette about it whenever I'm listening to it throughout the past couple of weeks. I'm like, it might be recency bias. It might be, but I'm like every time it's perfect. It's so fucking good. I'm sorry, but like I I love it. I I am floor. I just love this album so much. I love the themes. I love the lyrics. I love the 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 eclecticness of it. Yeah. Um. I I think it is a it is like a peak, like, and I think it's accessible. I think it's creative. I like. I honestly think it's it's, and I don't mean this like stupidly. I mean I think it's genius. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> See, I, I'm, I'm really excited to get it. into this because I, I agree with all of those adjectives, <laughs> but not maybe nearly like the height level. that you, yeah. Yeah. I really like it, but mm-hmm. I, I never would have put it past E to E for me or sure. like a lot of, sure. well, I love how much people hate that you love E to E and all in good time more than Gordon. So I, yeah, <laughs> it makes me laugh so hard. It's like this guy, like all in good time more than Gordon. <laughs> and so that might, this might be my, my, yeah. uh, all in good time, but no, I, I, one of the things that I love about it is that, and he's done this for years. This is not new to Steve. He talks about the creative process so much. He sings yeah. about the creative process so much. And we'll, like that's the second, we'll talk about that when we get to um, so the album. Um, I just, I, I love how he does it. And I feel like it is, you know, because I'm definitely a musician, not nearly to the level of him, but also more than a lot of other people are in terms of like time I spent writing stuff, releasing stuff, you know, and yeah. so... It's one of those things where it's really interesting to know that my, I don't mean this like, I don't think this is an arrogant thing to say or a bad thing to say, like that my brain works the same way that his does. Like we'll talk about that with um, the work at hand where mm-hmm. he's talking about like having an argument and then just thinking about how he can use this for his art. You know, like how he could write, like I've, you think about, like you think about everything happening, you go, could I write about this? How could I leverage this? And it's yeah. a bad, you know. Um, it's a bad thing to be doing in the moment of an argument. Yes, for sure. But it sure. also seems like it's probably a decent tool as a musician. Yeah, that's where it comes from. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. And to so be, um, in the moment, be like hiding stuff away. Well, and even the whole theme of use. like, I, you know, there's a melody somewhere inside of me. I, I can hear, that's but can't get on me. Like that, I'm so like, good. I relate to that so much where like, in I, I feel like I have potential to be better than I am, but I never work on it as a craft like I should. Um, but but yeah, I I just love how he sings about the creative process and write about being an artist, um, and then Manchild too. Like I, yeah, I I really think 
I, I love this. And there were songs on this that I thought I didn't like that I listened to and I do like a lot. And so I, yeah, I, I am absolutely crazy about this album to a, to a point where, like I said, I'm, I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> like It's so, so good. Yeah, I was blown away when you texted me that. <laughs> and I think it's awesome. Yeah. I just did not see it Neither coming. Did I. <laughs> and that's why, like, that's why I feel like it's an... The laundry's done. I feel like that's why I think it's an honest thought because I would n- I did not go into this thinking that. Yeah. And like, I, and then I started when I texted you the thing about Maroon and Stunt. I was comparing it to each of those albums on my list in my head. I'm like, is it better than Gordon? I think it's better than Gordon. Is it better than you know Silverball by a by a long shot? Is it better <laughs> than Stunt? Maybe you know because I, I think I think like Stunt and Maroon have such great qualities about them that make them feel so raw at the time. You know, like they yeah. were in the moment. They're kind of um, some of the songs are a little loose in a really good way, I think. Whereas this is like so, it seems so um, intentionally crafted. And not that the other ones yeah. aren't, but like everything about it seems very s- intentional and particular and organized and built. And I think it just, I think, I just think it worked. Like, yeah. there's, there's a lot going on yes. in this album. Yes. And that's part of the eclecticness of yes. all of his stuff. Uh huh. But everything is, seems to have a creative, like this song is doing this. Yes, this exactly. This, this is the purpose that it serves. There's so much going on. That yeah. it's, it's all intentional trying to build yeah. something. And we talked about on page one, I forget which track we were talking about, maybe Leave Her Alone or something. I said it sounded like it's from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, yeah. like Big Band. That Big Band sound is here throughout, and I, I think it works super, super well. But um, And I love that. It's, it's all eclectic, but it all, again, fits thematically. Yeah. And so this is, you know, and maybe that's part of it too. We've talked about before with B&L albums, how I've always kind of, criticized or mentioned at least neither good nor bad that there never seems to be a through theme for anything yeah this has that this has a theme oh, this yeah. is what this these songs are about yeah. and maybe that's part of that little like that's what was missing for me but i love it i'm i'm so excited to get into this album i just i'm over the moon about it man yeah like i i yeah I, let's do it well let's do it let's then. do it All so right. the first one is there's a melody one All right, so 12 tracks. Yeah, You know how I feel about that. Real happy. And, um, <laughs> and they start off with kind of like, a, you know, he starts off with a bit of a... It's a just, very much an intro track. It's an intro track. Yeah, it's an introduction into... And really, like you mentioned, both parts. Yeah. It's an intro to part one and part two. Yeah. I said it's a really artistic and thematic opening. Yes. Yes. And I love I love how it sets the tone mm-hmm. for where, yeah, both parts even right. are going. Mm-hmm. But definitely the first part yes and i love how it i listen to it and it makes me want more yes yeah exactly and then you're like you're kind of like oh but then more comes well and and the thing that i like because is there's that a part two to this song and we'll get right and you later, get to the full version of it later i i love i yeah it's, it's it's weird wanting more but then i think it works so well when you get when you more, get more yeah and you're like oh that was really cool that yes. you opened it like that and then then it comes later it just like makes you wait a little bit for it right exactly what well, and i think along those same lines it is short enough where like you know uh cold play I, I i'm not referencing them because i'm trying to tease for the next band like i yeah. just a reference point for this they do that with a lot of their songs a lot of their albums i should say they start with some sort of teaser or opener yeah and in sp- particularly their most recent album everyday life they have like a two-minute um, orchestral track that opens the whole double album, and it's beautiful. But what oftentimes happens is that if I want to revisit that album again, I kind of skip it. I just go to the first track with you know, like the first full song. Yeah, this is short and sweet enough where 
I don't skip it. Like when I listen to this, I hit play on this and then we go. There's also something different to it feels different to me because I've, I've had bands and artists where they have that intro track and I really like it, mm-hmm. but it's oftentimes it feels like it's always an instrumental. Yeah. And this one has that little bit of, it has the instrumentation, but, but it has leads yeah. into a short lyric part. Exactly. And it, I don't know, there's something about the way he's, he's done it here. It never makes me want to skip it. I agree. And, and one on that, Whereas note, off, first of yeah, all, with the other stuff, I'll often just, just be like, skip oh, I'll just yeah. skip to the, to go to the track. next part. Yeah. Or even skip in that track to the part where, you yeah. know, um, I love two things about this one. I love the lyrics. Yeah. I just like those two or three lines are beautiful and it, it's so succinctly for the rest of the album. But what's really interesting is how those lyrics have no melody. <laughs> like there's a, oh, I never like, it's, up it's, on that, you know what but... I mean? Like it's just one straight monotone. Yeah. I can hear it, but can't get it out of me. Da 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 da. Like that's, like it's it's that's the artist part right like but there's so many levels to that and i i i think that's the obvious one is the one that you talked about like trying to write a yes taking that sure yeah trying to write a song and it's you just like you have it in your head and you can't get it out right but as like i i really relate to it not from or from a music from a sure not from a music standpoint but from a like i i've never looked at myself as like a very super creative type sure but i have a lot of that like i enjoy to draw stuff yeah right. but i'm always it just feels so relatable to like i always have, any, i have this nice craft. picture in my head yeah and then i just can't, can't quite do it. i can't right. quite make right. it come out on the paper yeah. as it is in my head right and that that frustration that like thought process mm-hmm. is just so so relatable well, and, and i think that's the whole you know that's why it works on so many levels is that yeah. this and every other song that's talking about songwriting. Yeah. You could be, you could apply you it to apply any it craft to, yeah. and, and not even just craft, just to life. Like, yeah. um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a great, it's such a, I think you said it, said it best where you said it's, it's a teaser for the rest of the album, but it leaves mm-hmm. you wanting more. Like yeah. you're not just like, that oh, sucks. You're like, what's next? <laughs> and then we get into what's next, which is the work at hand. like this i mean i i know that that's going to be me on every song um but i love this sort of like new wave rock sort of a feel to it um it's got a couple quirky parts you know it's got the beginning which is really kind of like the like a little like technical sound and there's a little i go back and forth on that i can't decide sometimes i'm like oh this is kind of cool and other times i'm like oh it's not yeah oh but but the thing that i like about is that once it gets into the lyrics and the song i love the guitar tones i love his vocal effects he's got going on yeah, um, I, I and, really like it once you get it past. The, 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 yeah, the <laughs> I love, um, I don't know what it is. It's like one of the best feelings in the world for me is when a concert starts and I'll probably get shivers talking about it, but like you're at a show, you're standing there waiting and this, you know, is really missing it during COVID. And then most of the time what happens is just the lights go out. Yeah. And then you know what's coming next. You know you're about to hear whatever intro they're going to walk out and they're going to open with whatever they open with. Yeah. Um and then it's just like the best I love that. And I I get that feeling from this song. Like just listening to the studio recording where he gets into the lyrics yeah. I was paying attention but maybe not at the right time. Like it's just it you know, it's not as thematically um opening as like um a new shore is, you know, but it sure. feels like it's like we're getting right into it and we're not um, and it fits so well. I think it's a good vibe for an opener. Um, well, not, not an opener. I know it's not technically the opener, but the no. first full track introduced. Right. Um, but I love the theme. 
like I said, I was paying attention, but maybe not at the right time. You're repeating verbatim the final ultimatum. Very B and L Stephen Page lyric. Like yeah. that, you know, that phrase. And all I'm thinking about is how to make it rhyme. Like this yeah. is what I'm saying. You're like, I'm sitting here. I'm doing what I'm meant to do, exploring inner space. Amazing. I can see right through the disappointment on your face. Like just being so self-aware of I'm not paying attention to anything you're really <laughs> saying. I'm just thinking about how I can write a song about this. Yeah. And then there's later, I like, I'm doing what I meant to do, destroying people's lives. Right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Um, I demand Careful to be strangled. or I'll screw you too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I demand to be strangled by the work at hand. Yeah. It's just, I love, uh, and then he has a little weird little breakdown like we talked about. Work, work, I do the work. Um, yeah. That whole thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's, I, I love it. I think it's great. Um, I love, for me, it's kind of like you've talked before. It's a crank it up song and just listen to the, you know, just kind of jam it. Um, I love it. Yeah. I, I definitely don't like it as much as you do. <laughs> I feel like the intro sometimes takes me out of it a bit, Sure, sure. but it's, it's pretty solid. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. But again, I feel like we're going to, we might be a little bit flipped this time around this whole episode. Yeah. We're like, I think there's it's a whole new dynamic. The two songs, <laughs> I had it down to two songs to be my least favorite. And the problem was, is they both had things I loved about them and things that I was kind of iffy on. Yeah. And so to pick a least favorite, I was able to pick one, but I'm like, barely, you know, like, yeah. it's not like I dislike the song. I actually like every song on the album, but, um, I was born under a neon sign and I don't give a fuck. Tell me what I'm signifying when I'm run down by a laundry truck. Like, it's just, it's still, <laughs> it's fun because it's still got the little B and L kind, kind of silliness. I don't know if we ever talked about the silliness, but a little bit of silliness. Yeah. But like, also it's more it reminds me a lot more of Ben folds where it's more like it makes you grin. Like it's clever more than it is like laugh out loud, funny. Right. And that's what we talked about that last time with a new shore and how he has this whole like like intent on like, this is a fresh start. I'm going in this new direction. Yes. Yeah. And then, well, what's interesting on on that note is that one of the interviews, um, uh, Oh, this is, I I wanted to read a couple interesting things from this interview about his last year with the BNL with the BNL. Um, he said things were already coming to a head when the 2008 drug bust occurred. Cause remember he didn't leave the band till 2009. Right. And so he says in the year between my arraignment and dismissal, I was on probation, which meant I had to register at the border before playing with the band in the States. So we had to make different travel arrangements. I would arrive at the gig just before the sound check and they had already been there the night before. So eventually a split started to happen between me and the band. And I started to feel like a fifth wheel. We just lost a certain connection, which is really interesting. Cause you'd never Dang. kind of heard that. Yeah. Um, and then he said the band's insistence that they recorded their album right away was the final straw. He goes, I was so tired out by the time everything had wound down that I didn't have time to think about another record, but it was clear they wanted to move forward and that became the catalyst for me splitting. So more huh. information on that. But the main thing that I wanted to um, share was, oh, this was an interesting part too. He said, do you have to go to the band's success? He goes, this is just kind of about Gordon. He goes, Ed and I were the principal songwriter. So after the success of Gordon, Ed and I could afford to buy houses, but the other guys were still living with their parents or renting basement apartments. We didn't think that that was right. So we adjusted the publishing so that we looked at bands like U2 and Radiohead and Coldplay, how they split the royalties across the whole band. Gradually, we started writing as a group. Yeah. And although this led to some interesting experiments, to my mind, they weren't as, success- weren't as successful as what Ed and I had created earlier. And I started to become disillusioned with what we were recording. So that's also really interesting in general. you know. And, and I'm thinking specifically probably of the ends of Maroon and then E to E and Me and Men, where it's, it is more of a group effort. Yeah. Steve basically, and not putting words in his mouth, saying, I don't think it was as good at the end of the day. And that's just the, the catalyst. But what I actually wanted to share, the, the main part was when he said, um, 
After I left the ladies, I told my manager to book me on as many folk festivals as possible. I just wanted to get out there and perform. Um, da, da, da. So then I got into writing music for performances and doing stuff I hadn't been able to do with the ladies. And then another interview where he talked about the same thing. He's like, I wanted to prove to people that I could do this. You know, like I wanted to prove that I could be my own thing. And so that probably was part of that intentional yeah. shift was A, now he gets to do what he wants. But B, he he wants to prove, like he did have something to prove. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the next track then. Here's After what that, it takes. Here's what it takes. Really good. Banger. I love that that lead in yes. to the chorus that yes. I just played. Yeah, so yeah. good. Well, and that's what this whole song. I always just go back to the song is driving because like the drums are like like that's the drums for almost the entire song. Like he's really pushing forward with something. Yeah. Um, thematically, again, amazing. Here's what it takes to survive. Here's what it, you know. That part, that part in particular about. The things we kept hidden from our parents, we now keep hidden from our, our children, kids. from our kids. Yeah, Good. like the whole theme of this, like this concept of like what you grow into versus where you were, where you were, yeah, and and how that shapes what you look at, and how that shapes the world around, how how you interact with the world around you, and how to a degree you um you you understand things more. Like you know when you and I'm not there yet because they're they're babies, but like when you become a parent, you understand the decisions your parents made. When you become an adult, you understand the thing, the choice, you know, like yeah. things make more sense because that's the world that you're living in now. Um, and I just, I just love that whole. Yeah. And I like yeah. the way he frames that and just another chance to make the same mistake twice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then I love, you know, I don't fully get it. Um, maybe I do. A li- I love the last verse about, you know, let's make a movie about a hardworking guy who wastes time with family and friends and likes to pretend that when it all ends, he's closer to the truth. Like, I think it's like this concept, like you're striving to learn more about the world or learn, find whatever the truth is. Yeah. But that never really like that's, that's an, that's an, in I don't ungrabbable object like that's not a thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't know. know. I I almost got like a religious searching type of thing from yeah. it. Yeah, well, that's my point. You're looking for like you're looking for answers, like, but you never fully answers get answers. And, yeah, like is that really the I don't know the, right <laughs> right yeah is that the way to live your life? Well, and are there actually answers? Right, like you're you're looking for them, but what are you actually going to find if you keep looking? Yeah, I I it's just it's beautiful. It's really good. Yeah. Um, here's and what it takes we, to believe. Drink down the Drano till the demons all leave. So yeah, classic, I told you I don't classic want to know. dark. And yeah, <laughs> good stuff. So anyway, great song. <laughs> I also, I, I like, also. Oh, go ahead. I like the. We talked about a lot of these have like big band. Yes, and a lot of a lot of the songs in here have like horns, saxophone, yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of that stuff. Yep, and I think it all plays really well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I, I love how the horns complement so much yeah. about this album. I really feel like this could have almost been the lead in after part here's a melody one like it, it feels like it's got such a big opening thematic yeah. feel but i also it's got think, that cool intro yeah i i feel like it still feels like an like a part one of something like an introduction to something i think um and including um the work at hand in this they just feel like a good introduction and then when we get to the next song i feel like okay we're here we, we've bought in we're into this now let's t- let's keep going but yeah um i i think it's a great song i think it's really cool yeah i really like this one uh, let's go to I Can See My House From Here. Jesus Christ had settled for fish. He 
Yeah. Brilliant. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love, this is one of those songs where I love a lot of the lyrics on it. And it's one of those things where I don't, it just feels like a lot of homages to music and bands that he, like, I don't, I don't know how well, you know, the Beatles as I don't mean that stupidly, like how, how deep into their music you've gone before, but like they're not, not much. This one, I, I know I, I've listened to the greatest hits handful sure, of times sure. and like appreciate, know, know the hits and appreciate right, them, but right, I haven't yeah. done like You're a yellow submarine dive. fan till, till the day you die. You love Yellow Submarine. Um, this sure. is the, the ending of the song, the guitar, you know, like the last 40, 50 seconds yep. instrumental. I'm pretty sure Jeanette would know if she were here. Uh, yeah, it is. Okay. It is part of um, a George Harrison song, My Sweet Lord. Like it's it's yeah. not even like. I know there's a lot of references to the Beatles specifically in yes, this song. Yes, exactly. And and that and I, like I literally it's basically like he just plays part of My Sweet Lord at okay. the end. The do, 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 do. And so I put Fucking your stuff off. I uh, but it's straight, and he, there's another song later on the album where he does the same. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just got a dog licking my ankle and scared the shit out of me. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, it's, it's all good. It just um, really surprised me. <laughs> but uh, but he does that um, in another song too, towards the end of the album, where he just plays. I think it's maybe surprise, surprise, where the end of the song is just part of a Beatles song or a part of a George Harrison song. So it's full of musical allusions and homages to the stuff that he loves from um, from Hello Goodbye to Helen Wheels. Um, even the background, the Harry Krishna, like that's all my sweet Lord right. George Harrison stuff. Um, this is this is one of the songs where I would love to actually interview Steve and talk about it because I love um, there's so much religious, so many religious themes throughout that I want to yeah. know. Um, I want to know w- what that means to him. Like I don't want to be like, are you, what's your religion? Like that's not the question. But like, yeah, Jesus came to me last night to tell me everything. We'll be all right. He said, thank you for rolling away the stone, but you're going to have to go it alone. And then you go back down there. You know, I feel like I've been here before. You know what happens when God closes the door. You think mortality's hell. He boarded up the windows as well. You know, like <laughs> I want to know. Yeah. And then turn your means. blood back into wine. Like every, every yes. bridge. Yes. Has those. There's themes. so many religious themes in this album. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and if you can't, you know, it's a lie. Goodbye, my Lord. Goodbye, my Lord. Uh, I yeah I want I want to yeah. know more about that you know self satisfied but also easily bruised <sighs> is a fantastic line yes but, yes yeah have I, you heard the good news we're gonna make you king of the Jews yeah, <laughs> you know I I this one is a lot more overtly but yes. this one coming off of here's what it takes both of them I feel like have religious yes. undertones mm-hmm. and references that I'm yeah not, I'm not quite sure well I and I feel like where it's going uh, with where it where did I I, I read times. in one of the interviews. I think he he said something about basically this album being a lot about here 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 it is wow I'm so see this is what happens when you have stuff prepared mm-hmm. I can make the reference lyrically <laughs> the record is about my journey from angry Don't youth I'm so surprised it makes it seem like it's new for us oh my gosh we prepared <laughs> lyrically this record is about my journey from angry youth to achieving a little more of an enlightened adulthood it's about the power of music and the power of people who make this music to heal both themselves and the people they reach and we'll talk about that part there's sometimes towards the end yeah. but I feel like that whole that whole journey right the idea of of angry youth to enlightened adulthood I think you you uh by default wrestle with those things a lot more. And so faith and, and yeah. uh, meaning and purpose, because you are instilling that into kids. You know, Steve's got kids. He's instilling that you're thinking about yourself as you get older and like, where, where yeah. are you going to go when you like that whole sort of a thing or what happens when you die? And so part of me thinks it might just be r- ruminations on those topics in general. Yeah. You know, maybe it's not like, makes sense. May, maybe it's not like, Oh, I'm, I'm, you, you never know. I, I I think there's just so many references to it. It's hard to know specifically what he's 
talking about but i love it and i but i want to know what he's talking about i want to yeah. know what he means when he's using these like you said very overt religious imagery um and you know he's done that it's not like that, that's new to him you know no. the great provider is very religious you know has religious themes there's a lot no, of but songs. it's definitely more common on this album yes yes and it's a bigger theme for him yeah in terms of and you know the other thing that i've tried to do this whole time is listen to this with the theme of instinct in my head how does that how does that roll into these songs because that is the theme of the album yeah. you know um so i, I always try I to keep that in mind that. too um, that but, is that is a cool and i think there are some where it makes a lot more sense like i think the yeah. work at hand is a perfect example of instinct your instinct is doing this you know yeah. your instinct is to is to make this art and sometimes yeah. you have to fight that and sometimes you have to go with it but i think it's um it works really well but no i i think this song is amazing yeah, um, we talked a lot lyrically. I I agree. I, I like this song a lot. I musically, I really like. He does that a lot on this album, but I like the maybe not a lot, but a couple times. He does it, sure. Um, the like when the chorus has the two two parts going oh, back sure. and forth. Oh, the vocal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah, he um, does do that a few times. Like it seems like overlapping vocals, mm -hmm. like the two the two different like lines happening at the same time, like yes. back and forth. Yes, you know? I totally know what you mean. I, I think it works really well. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it comes off. Sometimes it doesn't. But I think he hits it every time on this album. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I think sometimes that thing, those things can sound busy. Yeah. And you start focusing on one or the other. But I think they blend really well together. Yeah. And, you know, B&L's always been about harmonies. They've always right. had amazing harmonies. And I think it just comes together, like you said. It comes together really well here. Um, So let's keep going then. Yeah. Manchild is next. Manchild. Just makes me talking about part one this yep. album it's an interview about part two but he's referencing part one he goes the instinct is about kind of like your desire to or the way that i think a lot of us move through life you just kind of go and take what comes at you and then when you have to stand back later in life and go how did i become this way what made me decide to live this life or be someone in the arts where that's a difficult endeavor that looks so privileged and easy so there's nothing to complain about but you're putting yourself there so that side of the record is me trying to figure out how i could be okay with the choices i've made or what kind of person i am and what life i live um but heal thyself is kind of ironic, you know. Um, yeah. And then he goes disciplines about creating some sense of order and stuff like that. Um, but in regards to this song in particular, I like that because I, you know, I love the lyrics of this because I've I've struggled with this a lot when I've been writing music. Is this concept of like, am, is this writing and trying to record the best use of my time? And is this like within our marriage, within my relationship, within our mm -hmm. finances? Like, is this worth it? And this whole song, I think. The way that I take it is like there's a character maybe like I think it's an exaggeration of Steve or a character who's maybe not as successful where he's like, sweetheart, what do you think I do all day? I make art when inspiration blows my way. Like yeah. when I feel like it, I, I when the song hits me, I'll go write the song. But, you know, it's not always going to hit me. So I don't know when it's going to um, or the oh, the shouting. I'm getting kind of used to that. But doubting my intentions, honey, that just makes me sad. And then, darling, yeah. you're talking to a man child now. Like it's someone who's kind of. I like the whole duality. Like the chorus is like, "Oh, I'm I'm just a child," like all this stuff. But yeah. then the the bridges do that stuff where it it's like gives that self awareness part to it. Yeah. Like I always think of the like I know you. You think I'm just a lazy jerk, mm -hmm. but I miss you. I love that. Like you think I'm lazy, but I miss you. Like right. that's yeah. that's <laughs> the reason. But then he goes like a little bit more to like when you're away at work. Mm -hmm. 
and genius can strike at any time, so right. I'm waiting. Yeah. So then he's like, well, I am kind of working. I'm just waiting for the well, inspiration exactly. to strike like me. Like that whole thing of being an artist is just waiting for inspiration yeah. to strike. And when it and I one thing that I've heard a lot from musicians that I look up to is this whole thing of like it is a craft. It is not yeah. inspiration. Like you need to work. And you right. know, there's people that will say write a song every day or at least pick it up even if it's garbage yeah you can't just expect it to hit you and but that's the mentality that this guy has where yeah. he's like that's like yeah that whole thing of genius can strike at any time when you're away i'm sitting there waiting for it to strike and like that's where that laziness comes into that's when it's not yeah. actually a craft i just i i love the first i love how the the response comes in the second part of that but the mm-hmm. first part is like you think I'm lazy, yeah, but I'm not because I miss you, right? Like, yeah, obviously, like what are you talking about? Like trying to how ignore can the I be actual. Lazy? Yeah. I think about you when you're gone. Yeah, you ask for conversation, you ask for understanding, then you say you want a man. Look how hard I'm trying. I let you watch me crying. Like, look, I'm so vulnerable. I'm so yeah. emotional. Aren't I what you want? No, what? Like, it's just, yeah. Um, and I, I'll say, I did. You know, when I first listened to the song, I didn't care for it much because it was. Um, it's just one of those mid-tempo kind of bopping alongs, and sometimes for me those kind of just get lost when they're all like that, you know. Yeah. Um, There's but some no, cool I like intonations the, there with uh, the darling when he yes. goes back into that. I like that. Yeah. But, uh, but I, and even the way he sings "manchild" in the chorus, like yeah, where you sometimes you you emphasize the man, sometimes you emphasize the child, and that's the whole point of that term is that like yeah, it's both. Like yeah, you both parts come out. So I I think it's really good. I like. Um, you know, I, I think that when we talk about genre, I think as a whole, it just feels like, I think they said this in one of the interviews or something, but it feels like they're structured and written like 60s and 70s pop songs, but they're produced in, you know, 2016. Mm. So they have like a modern production. But I think to me, they're just like, they're classic pop songs. And you know, that's that's what I, you know, as a, a pop singer songwriter. And I, I really, really love that. I think he's, we I mean, you know, we talk about Maroon and Too Little Too Late and like, they've just mastered the pop song and maybe it's more like an alt rock. You know, when we're not yeah. talking like, you know, radio hits, but like when you drill down to what the genre is, it's pop. Yeah. And I really, really love that. So I, I, I like the song a lot. I think it's really nice. And I love, I love the, the melody of the chorus too. Like yeah. you said, the intonations and the way he sings the words and the speak slowly, speak slowly. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. So let's keep going then. If that's your way. I I like this one. I guess. Yeah, it's it's more of a, a ballady feel. Absolutely. Um, oh, for I, sure. I feel like on this album, there's in my mind, there's like three songs that are more of that ballady type, mm-hmm. and I feel like they're spaced out really well. Oh yeah, I think the I think the structure of this album, like you said, I agree. It's very very it's well spaced out. Um, even you know this one, and to me, there's maybe one other. Well, I guess yeah, two other that are slower, if you will. I this is not a slow song. Yeah. But like they don't. You know, oftentimes with slow songs, you feel like they drop the whole vibe. Like, um, in the most recent Mountain Goats album, there it is, but talk about it again. Um, there is one song in particular that I don't love, and it just feels like it kind of slows down. Because he, he's yeah. he's very intentional about always having at least one slower piano song. And then you get to that, and it just feels like it deadens everything a little bit. Just a sure. bit. Yeah. And I don't feel like those songs... That happens... I think that's a frequent thing that can happen where... You get to the slow song and it feels like everything just drops a little bit and like you have to slog through yeah. it. I don't feel like you have to slog through this song that much at all. No, when yeah, when it's when it's paced right and when mm-hmm. it's put in the album at the right place, mm-hmm. it feels like a nice change of pace and yeah. refreshing. 
Yes, and I agree. Yeah, I agree. The, the up and downs of going it works from well. The, the bangers to the when it flows, it flows mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, um, and so I don't know. I really like the chorus in this one. Mm-hmm. I like I like when they do the evolving chorus, and I think that well, sometimes, but I like sure. I think that works well here. Yeah. Um, yes. And I agree. in general, I just really like musically and how the chorus comes off in this song yeah i i I, so i you know the verses for me the melody of the verses sometimes feel a little bit slow yeah like the it's like the here's a word and then i follow up on that word (laughs) yeah here's one you know like it's kind of okay but i love the choruses of this album they're beautiful and i love the theme i i think this is to me this song is about mismatching communication methods like not being on the same Stephen Page and um, I, you know <laughs> silence followed by a deeper silence then to bed morning it's an ordinary day as though nothing had happened or been said yeah. and then the whole thing is if that's your way of saying you're sorry I don't mind you know yeah. um, so, so good and you know, the, you know the second verse I actually um, I struggle I, again I go like I don't know specifically what it means where it's I know we have something we cannot articulate a million better men may worship you but do they have that thing that you'd reciprocate I'm I'm very you know when you talk about something that directly I'm curious like what is that thing you know yeah. I want to know what that thing is but um um and I love this the part the second part though listen I'm not taking this for granted though it's hard living with each other every moment but are we still whenever we're apart yeah I mean that's that's it right there and then that little bridge I hear your threats and now I'm taking bets and then <laughs> it, it, that that it's your way of saying you're sorry you know yeah. Just know, like, and you know, Jeanette and I have that. We have different communication styles, and it's taken years to like level each other out, learn or, like, kind of and learn and to bring yourself to that person's level and realize yeah. what they're, you know, and, and and not take things personally, or or not read too much. Yeah, which into, is sometimes very hard at the yeah. begin, especially at the beginning. But, but I think I, what's interesting is that it feels like it's not at the beginning anymore. No, you know, like it uh, feels agreed. like this is. Yeah. But no, I, I completely agree. But I think that's what makes this one interesting is that this is down the road, yeah. and you're just you're still figuring that out. But I, I think it's great. I, I do like. It. I love yeah. the choruses here. Really good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's move so you want to just move on to let's Mama? Do, let's go to Mama. This is so really let, good. Let, so before we get into it, I I've I couldn't figure out. I know what the song is about, but there's two ways of looking at it that I wasn't sure what's right. Well, what's right? Are you taking it as like this is a a liberal youth rebelling against their mom, or is that their mom was more liberal and this and the the protagonist is more conservative? Oh, I, I think took, it's the first. I one. took it more as the first one. I think that's that, right. Yes, I think quote unquote it's right. It's definitely like yeah. It's definitely from the like the liberal or the conspiracy is more the, the right side of things right hold on real real quick Jeanette says does anyone does red velvet hot chocolate interest anyone and I said of course and she goes both of you and I and then she goes also Andy's mint hot chocolate sorry getting carried away which one would you prefer vel- red velvet or? I don't know. they both sound good <laughs> surprise us Nick says they both sound good I agree sorry yeah I think it's oh where was I I don't know I'm sorry I know you were mid thought I don't know um, I think I've I've always taken it as like the cons- the the left, conspiracy theorists. The left from is from like the song is from the point of view from someone who is more left. Yes, that's and how I the, I think that's the right. Yeah, the conspiracy theorist part is more towards the right, but I've more like because of the way he says the liberals will take their guns. That yeah, type of thing. 
but I haven't. It's obviously political, but I've yes. mostly just viewed it as a more conspiracy theorist. And I not think a so. Right wing. I think it's bit. Of, I think it's both. I mean, I was telling Jeanette this recently. You know, not to not to shatter any any minds here, but we're both pretty left. Yeah. Pretty. To, <laughs> and, and but what I was telling her was, I was like, I just, I was like, I don't feel like you oftentimes see because you hear a lot about like kids growing up liberal and their parents are conservative. And yeah. I think that's why, like, I think as you get older, you get a little more conservative and then your, your kids are liberal. You have to have that whole progressive thing. Right. Um, but you don't see the opposite happening very much. You don't have like really liberal parents and then all of a sudden their kids super conservative. Like it, it feels like that's much. No. It has to rare. happen, but it's oh, for sure. Like, but it's it much, feels more, much rare. more rare. Yeah. For sure. Um, so I, I think for me, this song is just about that. It's about, re- you know, gr- I think yeah. two things. One, it's about how crazy some conspiracy theories have gotten. Yep. You know, uh, and, 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 you know, like, yeah, but also like right the dinosaurs, the liberals will take your guns, <laughs> but also like how twisted that mindset can, or, or how hypocrite, like, you know, she's praying for Liberty to auction off my storage space on A and E. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like that. Ho- that I, pr- I love that line. Like one, I guess it confirms that Steve's a pa- fan of storage wars, <laughs> 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 um, which also, I guess explains like he did have a food show. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to get a show back. Yeah. He's making little references for Annie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I love that, like, oh, she's playing for, li- like, just that, like, oh, freedom, freedom. And then, right. like, it's all about just, like, TV and. Exactly. Exactly. Very yeah. American mindset. And of, so I, I yeah. think it's that thing. It's I think it's, you know, not to be super indie or whatever. Like, it's no. about capitalism and consumerism. Yep. Exactly. And, and, like, the twisted ideas, like you said, of, of liberty, but it's only really about this. Yeah. Um, but also just the, the whole angry youth thing, right? Yeah. Like, you 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 have that moment. I've had that moment. I know. I'm sure you had it too, where you're just like, my parents had it all wrong, and you know. But what's really interesting to me is putting it against this musical background, like I this know, super so fun, upbeat, tropical, so fun. upbeat. I love the chorus because it's so easy. You don't yeah. like what your mama said because what your mama said is all wrong, and it's just such an up. Like, yeah. I wonder how intentional that was of of that coming together. You know. Yeah. Like if you had the music and started writing really the lyrics question. and realized this is what it was kind of about, or and if it then, was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I but love no, it. it is super upbeat. The horns yeah. in the beginning are yep. so good. There's always that, there's that funny little thing where he kind of cuts into early with the vocals where he goes yep. the stories and then it doesn't like, actually goes into pause, it later. pause. Yeah, there's a. It reminds me of a part in a Connor Ober in a Connor Ober song where they're playing and he they leave it in the song where he goes. Chorus again or another one? Like they're doing a little instrumental. <laughs> he was another one, another one. Okay, okay. And then they do it, and then later on he goes, "Not this one, not this one. Next one, next one." And then like the, it's just kind of like I like those little moments in there. I do too. Yeah, I love the ooh, the ooh, ooh in yeah. the chorus that I yeah. played. Mm-hmm. So the, everything about this is just really fun. Yeah. It's it's you. It's hard to not smile when you listen to it. Like I, I just agreed. I, this one really grew on me. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, I, I think a lot about you smile um, and you're like, oh, I don't know yeah. why, but I think about people doing a conga line to this song and like with the lyrics of like, oh, <laughs> they'll take your guns. Like, Hands like, throws yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I just think, it, yeah, it's hard to not. It's a really good song. It's the kind of song that I want to start like I haven't made a mix for any and, and I don't really do that anymore. But like I want to put it on playlists because it's really fun. Yeah. Um, It's nice. And it's nice. It's a good length. You know, it's not too long, not too short. You, you get a, you get just the right amount of it. So I, I like it a lot. I think it's great. Like when Christopher Columbus wrote it. <laughs> and they'll take your children and the terrorists have won. No, hey. you don't <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. So good. It's so good. Um, let's just keep doing going. the limbo. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> Should uh, we keep going then? Yeah. Surprise, um, surprise. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. 
Not a knockout. One one thing that's interesting for me about this album is like we've talked about, we um didn't know it very well. So yeah. I was ironically I was surprised to find out that this was the single from the like this was the first song released from it was quote unquote the single. Yeah. Um. Not that because I think it is not worthy of being a signal single, but like I don't really you didn't I wasn't thinking about what the single was. Um, yeah. I love it. Again, I I think lyrically it might be my. My fa- I don't know if I maybe not oh. overall favorite, but I think there's the, the just the, the the chorus the um I was feeling shame you were feeling stupid because I knew what was wrong with me long before you did that to me is one of the you know I talk about like pinch me yeah. being like a song I say like about me or like I feel like I feel like this just, describes me well yes that couplet for me is the same thing where it's just like I I I deal with. I have a lot of like self, not self doubt, but self criticism and stuff like that. Yep. And I feel, I feel that so strongly. This whole thing of like, you know, if you're in an argument or if one of your flaws comes to the forefront, I feel a lot of shame. And it's like because I knew this was a thing. Like I yeah. knew, I knew, I know this part about me, and now you're dealing with that part about me. I understand your shock at getting wise. Like I get why this is a problem for you to learn. Like I, I don't know. I yeah. Those no, that's so relatable. Like just having that like. You know mm-hmm. something about yourself, and when someone else learns it, yes, and then like especially when it's a negative thing that you already have doubts about, right? And they right. learn it, and you can like, you you feel like you feel their disappointment, yes, yes, and then exactly. That just like sets in a whole nother level of like, oh, like yeah, I knew this was so bad, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I think that's a, that's the yeah that you you feel their disappointment and their yeah yeah. Um, I also love the lines. Um, I spent my whole adult, adult life worrying, worrying about yeah. it. Uh, but then the, the the end of those verses, so I, I don't know. Like, the whole part where he goes, so just stay strong or get strong. That to me feels like something I would write. Like the way he did. Like I feel like, and I couldn't tell you which one now, even though I just listened to my EP again yesterday. Um, I, I do something like that in one of my songs where I'm like, so just do this or try to do that. You know, like you mm-hmm. kind of like change the, but I just love the way he sings that and the structure of that. So get, so just stay strong or get strong, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think he does that again towards um, one of the the other verses, but I don't know. It just feels, it feels like something that if, it feels like if I were a good songwriter, I this is what I would write. Like I feel like musically, lyrically, mm-hmm. it's it is very thematically in line with with me. Yeah, with with, with you, with what you're trying to do. What, yes, yeah. what I relate to, what I feel like. Um, I love the the music. I love the instrumentation of the whole album, but this is just, you know, like a straightforward pop song. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I like the, the, I think it's a, just a keyboard, but I like the effect that they put on that it almost sounds like a harpsichord. Yeah. Yep. 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 I know what you're talking about. It sounds really nice. Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, yeah, I just and love I, it. I, it's, yeah. it's really good. I, a life on the run from the truth is a gun. Yeah. Like that. Right. Like, you you gotta you gotta come to terms with the yes, truth and yes. you gotta yeah and one day you'll say enough of the self defeating stuff and then one <sighs> false move that's all she wrote and then he goes up with the vocals you know so yeah good. I just and, and it, you know I will say it does kind of sound like a BNL song to a degree it sounds like something he could yeah. have done um, maybe in those later years um, even you know from like I could stunt see this being on, on like me and men yeah yeah and I and I like that you know I I think it's still really creative in its progression and it's forward yeah um. It's pro- but it's it still retains that pop um, 
that golden pop sound, I guess, from from BNL. So I yeah. think this is, I think again, this is the problem is that I, I listen to this song and I go, this is a a highlight on this album. But then, like, I've genuinely thought that about just about every song so far. <laughs> Mama is a highlight on this album. Manchild yeah. is a highlight. You know, like, um, but I, I really, I really love this song. I think this one is one that, um, with a couple others, speaks to me on, like, a, a lot yeah. of levels. But I think that's part of what is really good about this album mm-hmm. is that every every song, and I think it, it closes really strong, too. Yeah. But there's a yes. lot of songs like that where you you listen to it and you're like, oh, that was good. And then when you really give it the thought, yes. you're like, whoa, there's a lot more to right. this than I really yes. thought the first yeah. time. And Well, and I think that's the beauty of a pop song. Yeah. Like, it's the same with Overjoy, right? You're like, this is a really fun song. And then you listen to the lyrics and you're like, oh, this is heavy. Like, oh, but I think wow. like every song on this album is like that, where it's not even just about, um, it's not even just about like, oh, it's really dark. It's like, there's just a lot packed into it. Yeah. You know, I like that a lot. There's a couple songs I think that, I, I mean, ironically enough, I think um, if that's your way, the mm-hmm. chorus on that, that you know, lyrically, if we're if we're going to be critical, the verse, the, the the choruses on that aren't crazy lyrics. It's the same line a few times, but like yeah. same with Mama. So you can you can say okay, it's not as wordy. But I remember him talking about like we've said in interviews, he was trying to be less wordy than yeah. Brian Wilson's stuff. So sure, some songs are a little simpler choruses, but like that's what makes a pop song a pop song. Yeah, that there's still a lot of meaning in the songs, and right. they're singable, and the melodies are great. And so. we've also talked about he uses the bridge. To yes. do a lot of yes, absolutely, the a lot of the heavy lifting thematics, mm-hmm. and it's not like even even when it's a super simple chorus, like right. if that's your way, the chorus still evolves a little bit, yes, like maybe just a little bit, yes. a couple different lines, but it changes but it enough shifts the, to feel exactly. like it's still evolving through the song. Completely agree. Completely agree. So should we move on then to Hole in the Moonlight? Yeah, let's do it. Right. pretty good yeah i think this like i said the pacing of the ballad songs um i think this is a good it times really well sure into the next three yes for sure i yeah i do agree with you there um yeah i don't know it's not a standout for me but i i really enjoy it yeah i i agree i think um uh it is i, I really like this one it feels like something from this it feels like something from the 70s you know yeah um i i like that you know it builds a little bit but there's never a huge explosion in this song yeah you know like it's not like it's like like we said where it goes poof towards the end it's like it's steady throughout i love the piano in it um lyrically it feels a little more abstract than steve normally gets you know like the opening lyrics are hole in the moonlight like a hole in the pale green night diamond of coal there's a hole and then later on it says you know, hole in the moonlight floats like a small black kite. Nature inspires and retires, then retires. And um, yeah, I, I know those been are able to get sp- much like yeah. meaning or try and I read try and figure out what it's about. One of the interviewers mentioned that it was something about like trying to find peace in places where you might not normally find it. Um, and and okay. I, I'm like, I can, I can, you know, when I look at it with that lens, I can go, okay, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, hole in the moonlight where my dreams fell through, and that's what it'll do to you. Um, but I agree. I, I think I've I've had a little more trouble pulling full meaning from this, but I I do think it's very very pretty. Yeah. And I, I like a I love the piano. I love the sound of the song as a whole. Like kind of big bandy, but kind of um, uh, 
maybe more low key, like it, it holds a little bit back. Yeah. Um, and so I do appreciate it a lot, but I agree. I don't have too much to say on it. Yeah. Well, then let's just move on to Linda Ronstadt in the seventies. Really good. Really, really good. Yep. Really good. Lyrically, Thematically, the mm-hmm. song is so good. Yes. I, yeah. I didn't it's pick very up relational on it for a while. Again. Yeah. I picked up on like a, a back half of it and mm-hmm. was like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of funny for Steve to be singing about that, like where he is in his career. Yeah. And then, and then I listened more intently and was like, uh-huh. oh shit, he just comes out and says it like from the, <laughs> from the get go. <laughs> yeah. It's the but, whole idea that you change in a relationship and you don't you don't love me like before. But you also like Linda Ronstadt's older stuff, like or I he, yeah I even took it as like from his place in his like about him as a musician. Oh, absolutely, like, it is. Yeah, but that's the point. It's layered. Yeah, like his fans being like you you don't think that I'm as good as I used to be. Like, I'm, but you I'm also pass my peak, and right. you're, you're never gonna like me. Like you know, like everything I do now, you're just gonna be like, oh well, it's not as good yeah. as he he once was. And then comparing that to this Linda Ronstadt singer, yeah, and. No, so good. but that's and my that point. self-effacing. I, it's, I think there's two levels to it, two main levels. I think that's exactly one of them. Where yeah. and he even talks about that. He says like, and uh, well, I talk about the politics. Never mind. Um, but I agree that part of it for me is that part of it where it's like directly addressing the people who say that the, that like Steve's yeah. not going to be as good people. And you know, we've we've seen that in Facebook comments and also people mm-hmm. in the BNL and and Steve subs and discords where people have said I have not listened to anything past. Blah blah blah. Right. Because it's not BNL. And he on both ways. I don't listen to yeah. BNL past me and man. I don't listen to Steve stuff because it's not the same. And they don't give it that chance. And that's their choice, whatever. Yeah. Um, but this is more towards the critics who are like, it's not as good as your older stuff. Um, but I also think there is a relationship part there too, where it's like you've yeah. been changing, but you also like that, you know, you um and I, no, I really I, yeah, like I the um the the particular point of you like Linda Ronstadt as she was in the seventies because in the eighties, and this wasn't just a Linda Ronstadt and Jeanette's a big Linda Ronstadt fan. So I've listened to, we have a couple of her records and I, I, I appreciate, I don't know it okay. that well, but I, I appreciate I'm it. not familiar. Um, singer songwriter from the seventies yeah. and eighties. I, lo- I looked her up. I, <laughs> I didn't do much other she, else than that. You know, like a lot of artists in the eighties, they, they went towards that whole eighties sound, you know, yeah. like a little more produced, a little more, you know, not synthy, but like digital, in um, a new direction, in a new direction. And, and so I like the idea that like you like her before she made those changes and it's yeah. not even necessarily about preference that he's saying she changed and you didn't like change. Yeah. And like it, just addressing that part of it, like you just didn't like the fact that she changed. You don't even yeah. know what it sounds She'll never like. never be the same. Exactly. And, and I think sometimes you miss out when that, when you have that mindset. So, um, I, yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Musically. It's great. I love like the little twinkling pianos and keys in the background. I absolutely. Agree. Um, you know, I'll never be the same as I used to be. It's great. You know, um, what uh, and I like this. You don't want me anymore. What do you need me for except for pleasantries? I like that part a lot. Good. Um, I like the when I try and find my voice. It's as if it's not my choice. Yes. Nor yes. will it ever and be. And that's part of it. Changes oh. is, is natural. Like that just. Ha- and I think that's yeah. a really beautiful way of putting it. And I think it's it's that wraps back into the whole artist theme of it, the instinct part of it. You know. Yeah. Um. It's as if it's not my yeah. When I try to find my voice, it's as if it's not my choice. Like this is just what comes out of me. This is what it is. And yeah, I, I, I can't do anything about that. So beautiful song. Beautiful song. Really, really good. All right. A couple more. Let's move on to There's a Melody Part 2. Just let it go. 
Oh my I adore this song. Yep. Yep. I yep. love the opening. It comes back to the beginning mm-hmm. and yep. does the, the instrumental the violin cello type opening again. Yep. yep. And then leads into it with the like there's a melody in my head, but I can't mm-hmm. quite get it out. Yep. And then yep. it evolves even further. I mm-hmm. just it's give so it some good. time. And this is and I think this goes this song in particular, because I that's the whole point, yeah. is about instinct. Give it some time. Just let it go. Just close your eyes and soon you will know where he's like, just follow your gut, follow yeah. your instinct and it will trust come. yourself. Trust yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I love, and, and it goes back to the craft part of it. So instinct and discipline, like taking your medicine, which is a theme on this album. You hear those exact lyrics on part yep. two. Um, but, and I love how he explicitly states like instinct and discipline a bunch of times. Yes. And that's, yes, that's part both one, one instinct, part two discipline. discipline. And then, and then the the final line, you've got to push through the unpleasantness. Like that's yeah. the writer's block that I can't do mm-hmm. this. You have to push through that to get to the to get to that beauty. And then keep going, keep, keep going, going, keep going over and over. Yeah. yeah. Um lyrically it's surprisingly simple. Like there's yeah, it's, it's really... just repetitive. But I think that actually really adds to it. It's not yeah. wordy. It's not there's no fluff. It's like, hey, this is no. the message it's of the song. Simple, relatable, and Yes. Yeah. And musically beautiful too. Like you said, really, yeah, really musically well done. And I also actually, I really like that. It's not the last track on the album. Like it kind of culminates back into it. And then it ends on a beautiful note with the next song. Yeah. Um, And it it feels like it would be such an obvious choice to put it at there. Exactly. You're almost like, Oh, why didn't you just bookend? Exactly. And that's why I like it in the second part. But yeah, yeah, I artistically intentional, but no, I I think this is great. I love it a lot. I also like, I, I said that it's great that he like specifically states instinct and discipline a lot. Yeah. I feel like sometimes that doesn't come off well when you're like, yeah, you're listening yeah. to an album and you're like, Oh, well, very blunt. Very, yes. Yes. But Absolutely. This, this works. Like, yeah. I think whenever like, oh, this is cool with, with whenever there's an album that has that the title is from a song, like yeah. here's the, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on that song Yeah, <laughs> because you're, you know, the, the artist is specifically saying the, what, whether, this song represents the whole album or like, you know, like it is something intentional about that song and album right. or song that like, there's just a lot of pressure on it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and oftentimes like, it doesn't feel like it doesn't comes live up to us. Oh, I think, um, oh, it feels rare that when that happens, that's my favorite song. I agree. The top couple. Well, and we, I, I always like to use the bright eyes album, the people's key. Um, not the, it's the one from 2011 before they had their big, big break. In my opinion, that's the worst track on the album. It's not a bad song, but it's, it's like, a distance beneath the rest of them. Okay, so one more to go? Yeah. So the next one is No Song Left to Save Me. Just a banger of a closer. Yeah, I agree. It's, I it's this is so good. This is what I, I was saying. You know, I would have expected them to end with, like we said earlier, yeah, to end with part, part, two. part two. But then they end with this, and this just feels like it was meant to close something out. It really does. Yeah. yeah. And I I like how the instinct of discipline carries continues through. through. Yep. Yep. Because, it, yeah, it, it went from one to two. Yep. And then it also plays into the next one. Yep. And... None, none of them it feels out of place absolutely and no not at all it works in all of them and and i think that's really key cool again like to... like you said earlier it feels like sometimes those things can be kind of shoehorned in or like forced yeah. in but this does not feel like that at all it feels no. like it fits really really naturally yeah and it's almost like a main point of the song too yeah it's yeah. A, or a big point and yeah it's i was struggling a lot again you know 
at first at the first few listens of these songs it would be a, my mind my, my mindset would be like i love this song a lot i don't know what it's about and it yeah. would take a lot of, and like that's where i was this like this is great i love the melody i love the lyrics but like what's it about and um reading interviews and reading a little bit more about it it seems like it's kind of a little bit twofold like the idea that um it could be him talking to himself about okay. again songwriting and like feeling like the you know you've consumed the fountain of fading uh, the fountain of fading youth you think that you found the truth so you wrote your final note well that only goes to show how little you really know like yeah. you know you're not done and then you keep pushing through you keep pushing through like there's too much mm-hmm. left to do you have to keep writing but then, then the no like, song there's not there's not going to be one song to end it like there's not going to be a a key final yeah we're there's yeah no, there's you're, not going to be a song to save me and like well, and yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Like there's no, okay. and, and if you don't keep writing, there's no song left to save me as a, like as a songwriter, there's no song left to like, com- you, there, there, if you don't, if you, I think it's like, if you don't, let me, let me repeat <laughs> If you don't keep writing, if you stop, there will yep. be no song to save me. And you could say that that's saving me from myself, saving me in terms of my career, my finances, stuff like that. Yeah, like but then get me back. To get, that, yeah. Yeah. So. Or, or just keep, I think either get me back or just keep me going. Yeah. Like, you know, like this yeah. is how you, I, I, I've heard this a lot with bands where they finish an album and they're like, I don't know if I have anything left. And then, well, you better find something because this is your job. Yeah. But I also, I read an interview with him about this and I, again, I don't actually think I have this one up um, where, so this guy says, explores the essence of the creative process and the continued anxiety about whether the well is dry. Yeah. So questioning okay. him out of yeah. it. But the other thing that I read him in an interview about is he was saying how it feels like or to him, part of it is about this concept that music can be life-saving. Yeah. And he go and he made an interesting point where he's like, you know, I've had songs that have saved me. I know that I have written songs that have saved other people. Yeah. And it's not arrogant to think that you can do it again because you never know what one song is going to mean to somebody down the road. Right. Like you might write it and go, oh. I mean, it's the same thing with Ben Folds with, you know, a th- theoretically losing Lisa being that one song that he yeah. won't, that's the, the theory is right. Cause people like it. And he's like, I don't want to crap on it. Cause I wrote it for like no reason basically, but some people really love that song yeah. and you don't want to take that away from him. So his whole point was like, and the no song left to save me. He's I, the other version the other reading of it was like, you might still have a song left in you that yeah. could change someone's life or change someone's world or give someone hope or meaning or whatever. And you not continuing to do that is a bit of a disservice oh. and it's a little arrogant, but it's also like truth, you know, like that is the yeah. kind of artist he's been. I mean, there's, yeah, it's maybe a little arrogant, but there's also the different, like it's all framing, right? Yes, absolutely. If, if he's coming absolutely. in like, Oh, I'm, my songs are life saving mm-hmm. to people. Right. Or, Right, the, the way you framed it, which is like, hey, I I could have a song in me that that like, makes someone, so make much difference. to someone yeah. else, and yeah, I, and, and for me to not, it's not necessarily yeah. arrogant to think that it's all framing. I, I completely point. agree. Yeah. yeah, and I love the jubilance of the song again, just like the high <sighs> up tempo. I love the way yeah. it starts the do 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 yeah. like the bass and the the bass is awesome. Yeah. And uh, then he just comes in, boo-hoo. I like, love, yeah. <laughs> what? That's, a, again, it's it a works. very Stephen Page thing. <laughs> boo-hoo, you consumed the fountain of fading youth. Like, yeah. it's a great way to intro that song. Um, or to, to, to lift that song off the ground and stuff. So, yeah. Um, and it's a great, you know, and I love the kind of the breakdown where it just goes, like you said, back to the instinct and discipline, like taking your medicine. Yeah. Like, just that little, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I No, again, it's just an it's an amazing ending to an amazing album. Yeah. And and I know I said this a little bit last week, but I just wish and maybe we missed it. Maybe this the, you know, the tour for this album was a lot like this, but I just wish I could see him perform these songs live with the oh, full band. That would be so cool. I loved seeing him with Craig mm-hmm. a couple years ago, but like there's just something different. Not 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 necessarily better or worse, you know, like there's something really intimate about the way that show was. Yeah. Um but like just the idea of that having that band up there with the brass and everything, like it's just Yeah. It's it would be something different that, and to hear yeah. all these songs. Yeah. It would be very fun. That's I would for lo- damn sure. I would Having seen him do a lot of the BNL songs now, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, nine of them. So not, yeah. uh, I would definitely pay money to go see a, a show where he just plays solo yeah. album songs. Like you, you want to know that going into it, right? Like you right. don't want to, are oh, you going to play Brian Wilson? But you want to, like, I would, there's what call it 33, 34 songs from his solo career. Yeah. And a live shows, maybe 18 to 20. I would love there's to go plenty. see. There's plenty to yeah. do. It would be, a, it would be an electric show. Like, yeah. I'd love it. That I'd would be it. very cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's it. That's the last track. Um, no real, no real bonus tracks or anything here. Nope. Um, we did the only bonus track kind of before. Yeah. And, and it's the, not really the a bonus, bonus track, track from four years before. <laughs> <laughs> so overall thoughts after, after having gone through it again, really solid. I mm-hmm. think it starts off really cool with the like artistic intent. Yes. It has a pretty good through line the whole time. And then it finishes really strong with, Linda Ronstadt, there's a melody too, and yeah. no song left to save me. Agreed. Like that's a hell of a one, two, three punch yes. at the end of it to finish it off. Yeah, I agree. I, I again, I obviously agree. I think it's it's brilliant from start to finish. I love the through line, like you said. I love the theme. Yeah. I love how it starts. I love how it is in the middle. I love how it ends. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I've been thinking a lot. I, I genuinely think like this is a nine out of ten album. Like not like track wise. I yeah. think as a whole, it's a nine out. Well, of I mean, 10. if you're saying it's as good as Stunt. Yeah. And better than everything else. Yeah. Sure shit better be good start, <laughs> middle, and finish. I, I think it is. Like, if you I think said that difference. and then we're like, yeah, the middle slogs really badly. <laughs> we have right. some problems. I, I, I think you I think you, you just kind of said what I think for sure. I, I think it is, for me, it is as good. It is as good as Maroon or equal. equal it's as good as Maroon. And to me, I would, I would tentatively say I think it's better than Stunt. Because let me go back and look at Stunt quick. I think Leave is a bit of a slog for me. It's my one of my least favorite songs on there. Um, I mean, everything else actually is... Stunt's a damn solid album, looking at it now. Um, yeah. But I think this is as good as Stunt, and I think maybe only Maroon is better. I would... I I have not re-ranked my life, my favorite albums in a long time. Mm-hmm. I would... I could see this being in, like, my top 20 albums of all wow. time. I, I think it's just some of his best work. Full it's stop. really good. I liked it a lot more than I was expecting to. Sure. Based on because when I got it, like I don't know when I bought it, I did a quick listen through and sure. I picked out no. Uh, there's a melody and no song left to save me. Sure, and put it on like my playlists. Yeah, and didn't go back to it for a bit. So like based off the first impressions, I liked it a lot more than I was expecting to. Yeah, but I don't know. I I I haven't oh, really sure. thought about it to rank it in like comparison to sure. BNL's catalog. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but it, it definitely feels different enough that it, I don't know. I yeah. haven't thought about it. I Yeah. Well, think about it if you want to. Or if you don't want to think about it, don't think yeah. about it. Um, all right. So let's let's do it then. Favorite and least favorite. I think I have yours picked out. 
All right, go for it. Your favorite, I have it narrowed down to two, and I won't feel bad if it's either of them. I'm going to say that your favorite is Linda Ronstadt, with a close second being There's a Melody 2, or those are flipped. I think your least favorite is The Work at Hand because of the intro. They exactly right for The Work at Hand. Okay. Uh, my favorite is There's a Melody 2 with No Song Left to Save Me coming in. Oh, okay. Fair, fair. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. That, I, yeah. Between those two. Yeah. Yeah. But is that why? That's why you'd put the work yeah, hand. Exactly. Is, is that intro? intro? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it, it had a bit of a um, entourage thing for me. Sure. Where sure. The more I listened to it, the less I could decide how I felt about sure, it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel good though because earlier in the week when you said I think I have my least favorite because of a particular section. Yeah. I was actually thinking it was the work at hand because of the intro, the middle part, like the work, the oh, work. Oh yeah. But so, but I was writing the song just the wrong part. So I feel good about that this time. That. For once, I was actually, my instincts <laughs> were, were right, because <laughs> normally I'm way off on that. So, okay. So go ahead and guess. Dude, I I have no idea across the board <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> I, I'm just going to take a random. For both or for one of them? For least favorite, uh-huh. I'm going to go, I want to say, here's what it takes or if that's your way. And I don't know. No, I'm actually going to go hole in the moonlight. Okay. Um, and then favorite, jeez, what is, it's probably gonna be hole in the moonlight or something. <laughs> uh, I, no song left to save me. Um, just, oh, yeah. Over I, two. Got, I feel like I got nothing to go off of. <laughs> I'd say my, my least favorite. And again, I, I almost, I was talking to Jeanette about it and she's like, why don't you just say that you don't have a least favorite? And I was like, I thought about that. I thought about going that route, but like. I, if I would have done that, I'd do it like a cop out where you guess and I go, there's no answer. I don't, yeah. and I'm like, that's a douche move. Yeah. We, um, we thought about that for like Maroon and yeah, but, some of those but, but I think that's still fun to kind of rank them yeah. regardless. So I, I would actually play it, put if that's your way as my least favorite only because I think the verses are a little bit, um, okay. uh, they can be, if I'm, again, I'm being very critical, you know, looking for fun. I think it can get a little bit, um, repetitive, the do, do. Yeah. Do, do, do. Like that structure gets pretty old. Right. Um, favorite, I'd say surprise, surprise. That's, oh, that comes okay. as favorite. I, but th- that's the thing. I think because I relate to it so much and I feel like I feel I can see a lot of me in that song, I think yeah. is why I'd put that there. Um, I love and I know it's, it's not the most beautiful, magical thing, but I love how that song starts. Just acoustic guitar on Steve. It's just right yeah. into it. I love that. Um, it's the one that's been stuck in my head the most. Um, but that sure. and, and no song left to save me. But. Yeah, so surprise, surprise is a is a ten out of ten for me. But if we were I, on bare naked ABCs, I'd give it five out of five. <laughs> I, there you go. I'd give it five surprises out of five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's um. I, so I, what I'll say is I've listened a lot to part two um previously, yeah. but it's been a good I'd say about a year since I've really listened to it. So I'm excited. I I have intentionally stayed away from it, knowing that we'd get back to it. Yeah. So I am. I think so far it feels like both of his solo albums have been knockout successes. Yeah. This one more so Agreed. than page one, but I think page one was an amazing success. I'd probably um, still say the opposite. That's fair. That's yeah, that's fair. So I, I'm interested to see how I yeah. feel about um, uh, part two. You know, I am too. I'm excited to get into it. It's the same thing of part one with me where I didn't sure. come into it for a while. Yeah. But yeah. going into preparing, I feel like I was maybe a little bit, more uh familiar with that one i was too and i preferred it but that's because i knew it better but now i'm definitely interested what you said about listening to it and then going back and having a listen through where you 
think about instinct the whole time. Yeah, and now do it the same. I thing really with like discipline. that idea, and yeah. I definitely want to do that for the next one. There's, I, 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 I won't feel promise that worse. Come up with anything <laughs> to say, but <laughs> I feel like I might have let, like cool. let it out at one point earlier on in an earlier episode. There's a song on this next yeah. one. Yeah, do you know which one? Oh, I, I think I know, and I agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there, there. so we'll, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to yeah. it. So let's do something fantastic and something's something fantastic in the meantime. Yeah. Do you have something? I do. I, okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm starting to struggle a little I, bit to yeah. come up with something. Well, it's because all we listen to and is Bare Naked Ladies. It's all we listen to, <laughs> and I feel like it's starting to turn a bit into, like, oh, I'll just go and pick something, something one of my, like, yeah. all-time favorites. Right, Which is right. nothing wrong with that. No, but you, but yeah. a lot of the times when we were doing this, I was, was just, I just like, discovered oh, this I thing. just discovered this thing. This yeah. is really good. Um, but I am gonna go back to that this week. I'm gonna do the game Valheim. Oh yeah, jeez. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like a I don't know a resource collection and building game. It's Minecraft for adults, is what it seems like yeah, sure. from my outside it, view. And I yeah. don't mean that negatively. No, it's I like just, Minecraft with more a little more realistic graphics, right? Right. You're right. mining resources, and more story, and, and it building seems like, stuff. Like there's yeah. more, there's, there's a little more bit of story it. and bosses, but. I don't know. I've been playing with a group of friends, and it's very addicting. And I don't know. There's something about just building a base <laughs> and trying to be creative out right. of this stuff. That, like, there's something about doing menial chores in a video game that is so much easier than in real life. Well, it's, it's like, like Animal Crossing. Gen- yeah, I was going to say that. And then Jeanette's favorite video game of all time is The Sims. Yeah. And it's the same thing where it's like, it's we have kids. We yeah. do like we do all of the things that you do in The Sims, but it's actually fun when you do it yeah. in a video game versus real life. Was, but yeah, I don't know. It's very new. It's But it's uh, I've really been enjoying it. I, it was funny because you were telling me about it and I didn't even know it existed until yeah. a couple weeks ago. And like I was also well, it just came going, out a couple weeks ago. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going through like like the day that you told me. I texted you about this, but I was going through like a huge emotional crisis that day, just like like a quarter life crisis. And I was like, Nick's gonna have new friends, and like we're he, like he's gonna stop t- talking to me and hanging out with me. It's the stupid video game's fault. They're staying up too late. <laughs> and like the next day, I was like, shut up. Like that's not what's happening at all. Like I remember you're like we were up till four a.m. playing. I'm like, well, it was a good run. Twenty years we had a good run. <laughs> But yeah, one, the one, one one late night. It's all <laughs> it's over. All, yeah. <laughs> um, but it sounds like the one downside is that it's PC only, which is like yes. the only reason why. Yeah. Well, the main reason, why, I mean, well, there's obviously two yeah. more main reasons. Why, I, but I have a boot camped MacBook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm able to to play it. It's, it's not the smoothest, but it gets the but job it, done. Yeah. <laughs> so all right, I'm gonna go. Uh, so my one of my favorite shows of all time is The Newsroom. And I've been wanting to watch The West Wing. I don't even know if I did The West Wing as um, something fantastic. But I know I've talked about it before on, on here because of B&L being in it. Um, but once the boys were born, I went back and started watching The West Wing for the first time and fell, and fell in love with it. And I've always loved everything Aaron Sorkin's done. You have um, not. Okay, cool. Well, I have loved everything he's done. Don't tell me that I haven't loved oh, things. You have not plugged. Yeah. So, well, I'm not going to plug West Wing. So... I so that feeling. I've I, <laughs> I basically, as time has allowed, kind of been going back and watching a lot of Sorkin stuff that I mm-hmm. haven't watched because I've realized that he's because re- you know the Trial of Chicago Seven came out late oh, last year, really amazing, good. and he wrote and directed that. Um, but I've realized okay. how yeah. much crap he's written that he didn't direct. Like he is much more of a okay. writer than a director. But like Moneyball, I didn't realize he wrote Moneyball. So like I've been going back and watching, and so last night, um, it was my movie night. We have this tradition where we each week, Jeanette and I each pick what movie we're gonna watch as a family, Fun. which 
we'll probably change with the boys. We probably can't throw in like Inglorious Bastards or anything anymore. Um, but it's my night. Your pugs exist. <laughs> and we, we watched um, <laughs> Steve Jobs from 2015. That's it was, a good one. I had never. So that was the one because there were two Steve Jobs movies in two years. There was one with Ashton Kutcher called Jobs. Oh, and then there's one, one I was thinking of. Oh, okay, I have not no. Seen Steve Jobs so this yet. this is the one with Michael Fassbender who plays Steve Jobs. Jeff Daniels is in it because it's Sorkin. Um, uh, Kate Winslet's amazing. Um, Michael Stahlberg, who I think is really freaking underrated as an actor. Um, I saw him in a Serious Man, which is uh, a Coen Brothers film, which is way underrated. But um, this one is is like it takes place in over three days, th- right before three different launch events for Apple products or for Steve Jobs products. So like mm-hmm. the first one takes place backstage before the um, the Macintosh is announced and released. The third, you know, so it's like it's almost like a stage play because it's not like there's a lot of different scenes, but mm-hmm. it's just. Sorkin's a very particular, uh, very specific taste. You either love him or you hate him. I absolutely adore him and his writing. Uh, and then Danny Boyle directed it, who's done a lot of other movies like 20, 28 Days Later. And it was just, which is very different than this. But it was just, it was an amazing director. It was an amazing script and amazing performances. And so it's the whole movie's talking, right? Like literally the entire movie is talking. And I was just enthralled literally from, from the first <laughs> couple minutes all the way through. Um so you know you have I to take it. That comes together. I know, yeah, yeah, and and you know you got to take it with a grain of salt the the truth of the story, like yeah. what things are made up. But it was beautifully done, and um, Michael Fassbender has had you know there's a lot of stuff on Reddit on our movies about him having a bad agent because the past few years he's had some bad roles um, in terms of things he's been in. Okay, like the Iceman wasn't very good. Assassin's Creed was okay. Um, I think it's called the Ice oh, End of the man. Snowman or something like that. I don't know, but made an Assassin's Creed movie. <laughs> um, it wasn't horrible as far yeah. as mo- it wasn't good, but it wasn't. Yeah, it was, it, that and like Tomb Raider were too Tomb bad. Raider. That's exactly what came yeah. to my head. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I mean, did you see it? Oh, that was all right. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. like, you know what? As far as it, as bad as it could have been, it's yeah. pretty good. Um, but I think that this, I there is just a weird era where two Steve Jobs movies came out in two years, and so like I saw none of them. And I, for me, this movie just really flew under the radar. So it's on Netflix. It's two hours, uh-huh. and it is. And <laughs> and again, my favorite. There is there's a Jeff Daniels is one of my favorite actors of all time. Like literally, probably top three actors. And there's a scene where he's talking to. Um, and I've met, I, I've seen him once. I haven't. Did I ever tell you that story? I don't okay, know. Okay, really, really quick story to make sure the batteries don't die. So when I lived out in <laughs> okay. L.A., one one year we myself. And a few couple of my friends, we worked at what was called the HBO Luxury Lounge, and it was before the Golden, before the Emmys in in um, September in the, in the fall. And basically, what it was was it was in a hotel, and they were given. It's where basically celebrities come and they get free stuff. So there's all these stands, like yes. a big floor, and you walk in. Celebrity walks in, and we were kind of like their concierges, so we'd walk yeah. around with them from place to place, hold their stuff, talk to them, you know, stuff like that. And the way it worked was there was about maybe maybe a dozen of us people who were like the concierges and we'd sit in kind of like the hallway yeah. and someone would come in and then the first person in line would be assigned to that person. They'd be there, you know, concierge walk around with them. And then when you were done with that person left, you went back to the back line. of the line. Yeah. Okay. And so and the first person I got, I didn't recognize her. I was like, who the heck is this? And and then she, I, she was talking to someone later and someone introduced her as... The, the president of HBO and I was like oh hello <laughs> <laughs> um, but I met you know I met um, Bruno from not from Sasha Baron Cohen but from Dancing with the Stars 
he okay. was like I was his guy and he was the sweetest nicest guy in the world That's and like and cool. I never watched Dancing with the Stars but yeah. very very nice and he taught he gave me like life advice and stuff like that <laughs> like, what the heck is this I had one of the actresses from um, Veep but I knew, oh, this is when the newsroom show. was huge, and the newsroom is one of my favorite shows. And, and, you know, we're from Michigan. Jeff Daniels is from Michigan. So I was doing it with my girlfriend at the time and a buddy of ours. And my, my girlfriend, Liz, and I were sitting next to each other in, in rows, right? And she was ahead of me, and we had kind of joked about who's going to be where. And she's up next, and in walks Jeff Daniels, and she gets to be Jeff Daniels' person. And I'm like, if I would have been – like, not that we were really ever going to switch. There was no yeah. reason to, but I was like, I was one person off. From getting to talk to Jeff Daniels and walk around with him and like just get to know. So anyway, so yeah. in the move, so but he was in the room and I was there and I'd always make sure that we walked. You go, hey, hey, switch with me. And then you know, Liz, she was like, we just swapped mid walk. Yeah, she was like, I told him I was from Michigan and he opened. And she's like, he was really nice, just kind of reserved because he's not a yeah. he's not a Hollywood guy. He's a down to earth actor, oh, yeah. right? He's really down to earth, like Ed would sing. And um, she was like, once I told him I was from Michigan, <laughs> when I was from Michigan, she's like, he warmed up a lot. We started talking more and I was like, oh my gosh, I wanted that to be me. So um, anyway, so there's a, scene, me. <laughs> there's a scene in the movie and you know, when he first comes on screen, yeah. Jeanette looks at me and she's like, did you know? I was like, yeah, I kind of knew because I saw the cast. I'm like, I love Jeff Daniels. And so at one part he looks at Michael Fassbender and goes, I'm proud of you. And she goes, you would die if Jeff Daniels told you he would probably be. I'm like, I would, I would die then and there. It would be like if, if anybody knows Jeff Daniels and you can get him to call me or record a video and just say, hey, J.D., I'm proud of you, I'll, I'm, I'll do whatever you want. I'm, it's over. I am done. What I wouldn't give for a night of camping with Jeff Daniels because he's a guitar guy. So we, like, we go camping. We've got some tents. Yeah. we got guitars. We play music. Perfect. Just, I just listen to his life stories. He tells me I'm. He's proud of me, <laughs> and he leaves. That's that's a critical <laughs> moment. Yes, that, that that's in the contract. Part. It has to happen. <laughs> and then the other part of the contract it's is that it's to the closing night. You're like, hey, 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 you're not forgetting anything, are you? <laughs> yeah, like I'm. I'm asking him for yeah. it. <laughs> like somehow it's not like he signed something to. to yeah, I'll, I'll do this. I'll get a hundred bucks and I'll, I'll go camping with him for the night. <laughs> if someone can find Jeff Daniels on Cameo and wants to spend a hundred dollars for me, I would. I would be. I would die happy. And then what I want to happen? I want him to tell me that he's proud of me. Mm-hmm. I want him to get up. S'mores. <laughs> No, we've had s'mores. Post s'mores. Post yeah, probably true. some that like he's sense. got some like really like you know old bourbon or something like that. You know wow. some and then so he goes, I'm proud of you. He's got his hands on my shoulder. Clink. And it says he says I'm proud of you. And then he gets up. Yeah. And he just walks into the woods. <laughs> and he just slowly <laughs> fades from my view. And then, and then that's it. That's the end of the night. Like I go to bed, wake, wake up. up. His tent's gone. <laughs> it's almost like he was never there. And then like next time I see him, he's doing an interview somewhere on Colbert or something. But I wanted Perfect. the two things, the three things, s'mores <laughs> has to be part of the night. Um, he needs to tell me he's proud of me with his hand on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And then he needs to walk into the darkness of the woods. And then that's, that's how he Is leaves. Is there a kiss on the cheek in between there? No, 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 no. I don't want anything homoerotic. <laughs> I don't want any sort of relationship there. Okay. I just, okay. I just, all I want is the hand on the shoulder. I'm proud of you. And I want him to tell, like, I want him to mean it, right? Yeah. Like I want him to look at me in the eyes and be like, I'm proud of you. Not like, um, I'm proud of you. Okay. Time to go. Bye. Like it's gotta be real. And I want him to walk away, and he just walk into the woods. And I and, and he's got his, and he has to carry his guitar with him. <laughs> so I just see slinging around his yeah. back. <laughs> so I just see the silhouette of a man fading into the distance with a guitar <laughs> over his back. 
And I just go, that was my night with Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Yep. What if instead of walking away with the guitar, he Phoebe Bridgers it and tries to <laughs> smash it, but it takes a bunch of takes. <laughs> it's just me awkwardly watching Jeff Daniels try to smash a guitar. Even though it's probably an acoustic, it would be much easier to break. It still takes him no, 10 hits. <laughs> None of them. <laughs> can't quite get it. And then he just gets up and walks away. I'd be okay with that. I'd, I'd be okay with an awkward guitar smash. So anyway, if you guys know Jeff Daniels... <laughs> I would love. He was on an episode of Impractical Jokers, and it was like my worlds collided. I was like, <laughs> this could not get much better than than the two of these. Like, I mean, the only thing that would have to happen is like Ed shows up on that episode, yeah, or like or John Darnielle comes out, and I'm like, all right, I'm done here. This is all I need. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, Perfect. Steve Jobs, <laughs> is really good. and if you know oh, Jeff yeah. Daniels, please let me know. So. Uh. All right. Well, anything else? So no, I don't think so. If you have any anything. You want to tell us? No. We're at oh, I thought you were asking ladies. me. <laughs> like, gmail. I want to tell you. BareNakedLadiesRS at, at gmail.com. Gmail. <laughs> um, next episode, we're going to do Heal Thyself Part 2, yep. Discipline. We're going to do um, a, sh- a smattering of Kev's songs for one final episode after that. And yep. honestly, we could have some new BNL by then. So yeah. if that happens, we will we will deal with that as we'll it comes. See. I, I'm doubting it's going to be. That's two episodes, so four weeks. Four weeks, yeah. I'm, well, five weeks from now, too. We'll see. Hopefully, we have an announcement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we'll have an announcement or a single by then. Yeah. I don't think we'll have the album by then. No, no, no. Hopefully, no, no. we'll have something. No, they're the kind of band to re- announce an album in April that comes out in like August or something right. like that. They'll yeah. roll out. Ne- they'll roll out two thirds of the album before it's released. <laughs> Make us pay for singles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, see. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't have anything else.